Um, I was uh, told not to go on the rant by Kevin to take a stand, but I put us on the rant. That's right. Tony looking like he got a fresh cut. Good evening. Hi, how are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm fine. Are you ready for your vacation? No, not yet. Getting there. Uh oh. When's the big leave? Friday. You're a start Friday guy for me. Friday. <laughs> Not like a Sunday to Friday guy or Saturday to no, Friday. No, I, I like I like going like as much as midweek to midweek as possible because I hate driving. So me too. I'd rather leave Friday morning, have a nice leisurely drive after the uh, the uh, you know Friday morning commutes over. Come back midweek. Nobody else is on the road. So why do you do it? Not bad. All right. All Where are you right. going again? Yeah. What what the what the gay resort are you going to? <laughs> the gay resort. Ah, the That's gay the resort. Yeah. That one. <laughs> the one how'd only. You, how'd you get a room there? I, I know some people. It's a hard, it's a tough uh tough reservation to make. Tough nut to crack. It's like when like man, it's like when like football players announced where they went to school before a game. It's like the gay resort. <laughs> the University of the United States. Yeah. I was watching Coming to America last night. God, I love that movie. Oh well, it loves you. Of course it does. Everything loves me. Solid flick. Dollar dollar bill, y'all. Thought you were doing a diamond cutter. <laughs> nah. Wu Tang. Actually, Mook Tang. Oh God. <laughs> Gross. I'm gonna refrain from speaking about that. Why? What's the matter? I don't know. He's just another toolbox. Well, Who's we that? always knew that. Yeah, well, but why like, won't why don't you wear like a shirt of someone like respected and well versed? Yeah, like Drew Gulak. I wear our shirts every week. So. Yeah, but we get you shirts for Christmas. I never see you wearing uh any of those shirts. <laughs> <laughs> well, since you brought it up, somebody thought I was a large and not an extra large, so they're a little snug. Who was that me? That, that was my fault. Yes. So you cannot fit into the Christian Rocco. Well, to be fair, you guys fluctuate quite often. No, you know what? The Christian Rocco shirt I could probably fit into. I just haven't washed it yet, but I'm afraid once it goes in the wash, it's it's done ski. So no. you're telling us. Yes. It's, it's better safe than sorry, XL. I've always been an XL, though. I don't know where you got that I was a large from. I don't know. I feel like one time someone was giving us shirts and you were like, I think I can fit into a large. And that's always just stuck with me. DDPY, and we're, like the, and we're like the three little bears. Like, I'm the XL, and you're the large, and Kevin's the medium. <laughs> the three little bears. There's, like, <laughs> there's, there's only one little bear. Oh, whatever. The pigs, the bears. Who cares? The pigs, the, the bears. The fucking animals. The three, <laughs> the three animals. Oh, that's right. The three little pigs are all little, but the bears, there's the mama bear, papa bear, and baby bear. Yeah, yeah. Me and me and. Tony or the mom and the papa, and That's then right. you can be baby bear. Oh, 100% baby bear all the way. So it was the same, you know, it's yeah. surface purpose. Yeah, point was taken. That's for sure. You got it. We got uh, a lot to talk about tonight. We got a full show for you. Oh, yeah. The 597th episode of the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast. If you have not been along for the ride, um, <laughs> man, if you have time, go back in the archives. Check out some of our, our other episodes. Um we have been pretty remote 
since the pandemic, but there was a time when we would get together every week and do yeah. a show. That was fun. Well, we uh, still get together every week. It's just this is kind of how we get together now. Yeah, you know what? I for a while I was kind of bummed about it, but it's nice not having to drive uh, down to North Arlington every Monday. Yeah, I get it. Not a bad way. It's just a long commute, and then I drive back. I do miss the the post podcast drinks with Kevin. Oh, those are great times. But uh, you know, we're working on the Sunday thing, so you, you know, it was it was nice that we all got together a couple weeks ago and banged out some Patreon exclusive stuff too. It was fun. Those are the best shows. So if you're not listening, if you're not on the Patreon, get on the Patreon because those shows are like the most fun, hysterical, like let loose free time like ever. And new bonus episode just dropped over the weekend. Oh, yeah, we can talk about that uh, after we talk to our guest, Kyle Hessler, because... Uh, Wait, Kate Hensler's calling in? No, Kyle. Kyle Hessler. I'm gonna Kate's brother. No, he's not. He has no relationship to Kate. No relation to the KTG. No relation. The KTG came down to the Bridgewater yesterday uh, where I was slinging pies on the food truck to watch the cover band and get a free pie and say, what's up? Oh, that wasn't the day you were miserable. You There was one day where you texted me and you were just like... I'm slinging pies. I hate this fucking place. I want everybody to die. Hmm. It could be. Uh, yeah, it could have been any day, to be honest with you. <laughs> we got a lot to talk about, though. WWE looks like it's on the upswing. AEW at three killer shows this week. Impact is on their way to emergence. NWA is on the road to 74. The G1 is taking place. Plus, we have a Wizards Rewind back to ECW. Born to be wired. August oh, yeah. 1997. Uh, all that here. Uh, and next on the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast. The following is a presentation of the Shining Wizards Network, broadcasting live on RantiumRadio.com and available on all podcast platforms and at ShiningWizards.com. Follow us on social media at Wizards Podcast. Check out our merchandise at Merch.ShiningWizards.com. Do your Amazon shopping at Amazon.ShiningWizards.com and become a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash wizardspodcast. As always, we thank you for your continued support. And now, enjoy the show. This is Kevin Sullivan, and if you're not listening to the podcast, it's The Shining Wizards. I'm going to come to your house, and I'm going to lay underneath the bed. And when you go to get in the bed tonight, if you're not listening to this podcast, I'll bite your leg. What's up? Where did cheese go? It's a stupid fucking question, Kevin. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, that's... Whoa! Hey, this is Moose. God, that was disgusting. Turning wizards rule the world. You are tuned in live to episode 597 of the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast. Coming to you on the ring, rantiumradio.com. Coming to you on all the video platforms, Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube. And going with you wherever you go because we are available on all streaming and podcast platforms. 
But you don't need to know that because you're here with us now and it's time to do some wrestling talk. And talk about wrestling. Tony. Matt. K-J-G. Times two. What the hell is going on there? My computer is being a freaking dick. And it, like, it won't open the browser. From, it won't open any browser from the, you know, the, the, the below bar that, that's on the bottom of the computer. So I actually have to go. So even when I minimize it, or, or I can't get it back up. Ah, um, <laughs> but it's being really, really weird. So I had to open up Microsoft Edge again, which put me into this stream twice. You think you know it? Ah, nice. ah, well ah. below me, right. below me down. I, I, I don't know what's going on. Well, gentlemen, how are you this fine Monday evening? I am fine. How are you, uh, Kevin? I gotta ask, bro. It's a fucking hundred degrees outside. Is your house an ice box or are you just always cold? It's an ice box and I'm always cold and I'm uncomfortable wearing just t-shirts. So I always have to have long sleeves on. All right. Just All making right. sure. It is. Yeah, no, we're good. It is hot out. No, it's very it might be the hottest day of the year. I'll tell you what day's gonna be hot, fellas. Oh. September third, Arlington, Texas, Palais Pro Wrestling. Covenant. We're bringing our guest now, Mr. Kyle Hensler. Oh. Kyle, how are you? I'm good, guys. Uh, did I pronounce your promotion and the promo- uh, and the event properly? Because I do have a knack for butchering the English language. You did better than most. Yes, we we, uh, <laughs> we down here in the South, people call it that Pale Pro, uh, but we we prefer Pele Pro. Uh, mostly because it's the easiest thing for people to chant when they go Pele Pro, Pele Pro. So, uh, no, you nailed it. Good job. Oh, thank you. It's going to be all downhill from here, uh, from me. <laughs> just be, you know, don't think it's anything personal. I'm just a walking, talking disaster. Oh, fuck. For those not familiar, Kyle is uh, the man behind the scenes at Pele Pro Wrestling. And September 3rd, uh, Covenant, huge show. Your Pele Pro champion, Chandler Hopkins, taking on Richard Holiday. Izzy James and Khan uh, in the Texas Bull Rope match. Fuego del Sol, Alex Kane, uh, Marco Stunt's paying you to be there, and the return <laughs> of Mike Bennett. I don't like Marco Stunt. Uh, it's been clearly stated on this show, but he will be there too. So for the fan, I know he has a fan base. Yep. So you can go shake his hand, take a picture with a child. It'll be great. He will <laughs> let you stand close to him, uh, unlike Sasha Banks. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's yeah. Marco's a good dude. I've met him at uh, Warrior Wrestling. He's a good dude. Um, you know, he's he's uh, you know he's a friend of Fuego del Sol, so we were definitely wanting to bring him in. Uh, so uh, I'll go into that a little bit later. But yeah, no, he's a good dude. Um, it's gonna be a fun show. I'm really looking forward to that bull rope match because that's we, we haven't done a lot of uh, stipulation matches, so that will be. Um, I think the second one ever we've done, so it'll be good. And then a uh, mild change, you get the you get the scoop, you get the first breaking news of this. Oh uh, so yeah, we did actually the main event did change a little bit. Richard Holiday is uh, actually not going to be able to make it, unfortunately. Um, uh, so Mysterious Q is going to take on Chandler Hopkins, which that'll be fun because you know Mysterious Q is one that's like definitely an up and comer guy. He's become one of our uh, like staple guys. He's 
I think he was, he's only ever missed the first two shows we've done. And then he's been on every other show. So it's, it's his opportunity, man. And him and Chandler have actually had a couple matches of like new Texas pro and stuff like that, but they've never been given a main event slot. So, you know, when they get a chance to go 20, 30 minutes, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be real good stuff. So, uh, really looking forward to that one. Um, unfortunately, Richard's not going to be there, but, um, you know, best, you know, we wish Richard the best, you know, best because he's a good friend. Um, so we'll have him back down the road for sure. Um, he's one of our favorites. So, yeah. And Mysterious Q obviously is building a reputation every day on, uh, on the independents appearing on, you know, uh, AEW programming at some point, I believe as well. Uh, so what goes into somebody as a promoter, as a booker, what goes into the process of selecting the talent you want on your show? Yeah. So like, um, when I first started doing this, I've been doing it for, um, I guess officially about two years. So my first show was August, 2020. Um, the big thing for me, um, and I don't know how, you know, I'm just saying for me, I'm not saying other people do this or don't do this for me, a uh, big thing was scouting. So I, uh, just coming from the background I did with, uh, uh, shoot fighting, I did MMA and kickboxing and stuff like that. And then also just, you know, football and whatnot, Coming from that background, I'm always big into scouting. And so it was a big thing for me. Uh, I always like going to other people's shows and watching and learning and, you know, seeing stuff, seeing how people engage with the crowd as a big thing. And so what I'm always looking for is good characters, professional, um, and, and then most importantly is engagement with the crowd. I'm always looking for people that, like, there's something about their relationship with the crowd that gets people off their feet, like, Great example is this kid, Eddie Martinez. He's going to be taking on Fuego del Sol. He did a, um, we did a charity show a few, mo few months ago. And this is like, none of these kids have any, you know, it's just a bunch of, um, it's a boys and girls club. And none of these people know who any of these wrestlers are. And this kid, Eddie Martinez comes out and he gets that crowd fired up. And by the end of the show, they were chanting, Eddie, Eddie. They didn't even catch his name. And somehow he managed to get them to, catch on and i saw that and i'm like i've seen that with a lot of other people that's that's the stuff i look for as a promoter something that you know everybody in the world can do shooting star press or whatever move i don't care about moves as much i really care about how good you are engaging the crowd because that's how you get good storytelling you know yeah probably how you get people to come back too mm -hmm. i think so yeah. Yeah, I, like, like, I hit shooting star presses all day you wish <laughs> i did I can't bring anything else to the table, but you need SSP. I'm your guy. <laughs> that'd be it. Actually, be fantastic, but guy, that's the only move we could do. That'd be that'd be great. <laughs> I love that. It's it's like playing an old wrestling video game. You find right. one move that you know how to whip out, and you're just constantly like body slamming somebody or constantly just dropping an elbow on them. Me, SSP. Ask Matt. He knows. Well, let me let me ask you guys this because I was I was thinking about this. I, I haven't watched the Fed in a while, but I watched SummerSlam just because I wanted to see what. Triple H was going to do. I, I was kind of expecting a little bit more, but I think over the last few weeks, it's come out more of what he's been doing. Let me ask you guys this, because I saw everyone putting over, uh, is it Logan Paul or Jake Paul? I always forget. Logan. Logan. Okay. So at first I liked that match because he was, he actually knew how to move and he was, he was bumping good and he could run the ropes and his moves look crisp, but that match, maybe it was the booking, but it didn't feel like he was telling a good story. He was just doing moves. And like, am I crazy about that? Or what do you guys, what do you guys think about that? I don't think you're crazy. I mean, I don't think he was there to tell the story. I mean, I think right. Miz was kind of there to, to be the story guy, like coming out with like that, 
card that, like to mock Logan Paul when he had that like million dollar Pokemon card from like WrestleMania or whatever it was. Right. Um, so I think I think in some cases, especially a guy who's not a hundred percent acclimated to storytelling and wrestling, I think you can get away with it, and and the match can stand on its own merit as action right. as opposed to to necessarily telling a story. I think maybe the shows leading up, and again, I haven't watched WWE in in God knows how long. Right. Um, and I'm trying to correct that, being that I feel like we're all more confident in the way it's going to be presented going forward. Yeah. But, but I think the story was more on the show's leading, and the match just had to show that Logan Paul could hang with Miz, and Miz is obviously one of the best performers in the world. So I think that, yeah, it might not have had a story, and maybe the frog splash onto the table was was the moment, like a Shane sure. McMahon match type deal. Uh, but I, I, I don't think there was anything wrong with it, and I actually truly really loved the match. And okay. not, yeah, you know, not every match necessarily needs to have like this grand story. Like you have Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns for that. Oh yeah, 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 so, for sure. Yeah. No, I was just curious. I was just curious because like I, I try to base how I do stuff off of like what's what seems to be working in the industry and what doesn't and all that different stuff. So I just kind of curious because I haven't got a chance to kind of talk to anybody about that match because I did like it, but it was just, you know, there's just a little, something a little off with it for me. It's all like how you feel in the moment and, the, and in the moment, I absolutely loved it. Right. I, I, you know what? Like, like you said, he's going to get used to telling stories, but like as far as celebrities go, like I don't remember a guy being as smooth as he is. And as bad bunny. He's yeah. 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 Yeah, but Bad Bunny doesn't look like a wrestler. Like Logan Paul That's looks true. like he can handle himself. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think that goes more to it. And he was selling when he needed to sell, and he didn't look like he was overselling. He didn't look like he was like, you know, just sandbagging. Like, like you've seen it. Like, I mean, look at the jackass guys. One guy takes a punch and he goes down like somebody clocked him on the head with an anvil. You know what I'm saying? Well, maybe He's, someone did before the show. Well, I mean, hit him with a mousetrap, maybe, but um, but but in the meantime, like he'll like he'll get there with the stories. I thought I thought he did a great job, and it was nice having Champa and AJ involved. Right. And then they right. had like the little bit with Maurice, where like maybe she was going to get hit. So they kind of they kind of tried to keep it fun, keep him involved. And I think, yeah. you know, what? and a lot of people from what I know, they really don't like Logan Paul because he's a YouTuber. But I think he won over a lot of people with that performance too. And the Miz is always hateable. I mean, he's yeah. great at it. So, you know. I'm looking forward to more from him. I'm actually looking forward to more from Triple H. They've been making a lot of good changes. I don't know if you guys saw who came back on Friday, but uh, Karrion Cross and Scarlett are back in the main event picture. I popped for that. That was big. Huge. Yeah, and it's 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 weird because like I I always was like, all right, like Friday nights. I I never watched SmackDown. I never watched it. But now to the point where like, all right, it's Friday. I kind of I kind of regret not watching. Smackdown, but it was never in my habit in the last like two years. Yeah. So like now I'm kind of just like, man, I wish I kind of caught that. So I, I thought that Kieran Cross thing was huge because I I was just back I was at a MLW on their New York show. I was helping out backstage, and he was there with Scarlett. And that I mean, when was the last time a guy was not in the WWE and then signed? Like that was the first legit WWE surprise moment in a long time. I thought, yeah. And I, I think most people, internet people, were being so smarky about that, like totally writing him off. 
that dude's going to be a main eventer. Like, they, they, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I thought that was a seminal moment for the WWE. Yeah, and they they thrust him right into it. So, I mean, he, yeah. he, he is a main eventer now. And he got his NXT music. He had the uh, Scarlet entrance. Uh, so it, it's clear that they have plans for him, putting, putting the hourglass on the ring for uh, for Roman. Um, but, Kyle, bringing it back to, to Pele. Yeah. Uh, real quick, I just want to ask a question because, obviously, Covenant is coming up on September 3rd. Um, do you guys, for those who are not familiar, and I'm not going to lie to you, you're in Texas, I'm in Jersey. I'm not 100% familiar with, with, with what you guys do. Do you have, like, a home core of wrestlers that, that, you, that you use, or are you just – booking shows with people that are, are not necessarily like home-based guys no this is a great question so when i first started we were kind of like i had a couple guys that i had gotten to know in the industry and so i kind of knew i was gonna book around a few select people so that was uh chandler hopkins who's now our current champion um we always call him the heart and soul of Pele pro because he's he's helped out so much um magnificent malico who's Dude, I can't put this guy's promo over enough. Like, this is the best promo guy you've never seen. So damn good. Uh, Fuego and then Cam Cole. So, Fuego, uh, just timing worked out that, like, we've had a relationship kind of before his star took off. And he loves working for me and loves working for our brand. He's only ever missed one show. Um, And then Cam Cole, another guy that's, like, Super underrated. He's real good heel. He was actually our longest running champion. So those four guys have pretty much been on every show. But then uh, sometime last year, I kind of got away from uh, doing like spot shows. Like not that those are bad or anything like that. But for me, I felt fans engage more when you're kind of here's an established star and we're going to do something with them. And it's worked out really well. So like, I mentioned earlier, Mysterious Q has only missed a couple shows. Um, Khan from ROH now, or AEW and ROH, he's uh, he's been on every show since September of last year, and we're doing some cool stuff with him. Um, Shane Taylor, uh, when his Ring of Honor contract wore up, he's been working for me this whole year. So, yeah, we've been kind of using a lot of the same guys, and we haven't, you know, like on uh, on the Covenant show – I think only Alex Kane and Marco Stunt have never worked for me. Everybody else has worked for me a couple of times, actually. Um, And I I think that works a little bit better. Um, You know, I'm still kind of experimenting as a promoter and a booker, like what works. Like, um, you know, and there's some things that probably would work. Like, I can tell you right now, um, I think if like Deathmatch Wrestling is real hot right now, right? I'm I'm not sure I want to book that because I feel like not, not that, Again, I'm not shitting on it. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. But for me, I think it's – I see it as, like, it kind of comes in, you get a hot crowd, and then it goes away, right? Yeah. And so – and again, not saying a bad word or – this is just – it's just my two cents. I, I kind of – like, what I – I kind of view Halo Pro as, like, ideally something like the AWA with newer moves or the NWA from the 80s with newer moves. Like, um, we're big into Southern-style wrestling with some – you know, new storylines and stuff like that. So we don't try to overcomplicate things. We keep stuff kind of straight down the middle, but we definitely like working, at least right now, we like kind of working with the same handful of 10 to 12 guys. You know, that seems to work real well. We've gotten some good storylines. Yeah, and that's good to start a foundation with people and get people familiar with the brand. We are on the line with uh, Kyle Hessler at Hessler Kyle on Twitter. You can follow him personally. And then, of course, Pele Pro Wrestling at Pele Pro Wrestling. 
There's no G at that. It's just an N. Nelly, what are you doing? Oh, Matt likes God. to yell at his cat during the show. She is, she I saw the cat earlier. I was like, what is that? <laughs> she scaled two baby gates. She's literally ready, three, two, one, falling. Not where she needs to be right now. Um, uh, at Pele Pro Wrestling on Twitter. That's Pele Pro Wrestling. No G, just an N, like wrestling in the South. And then PelePro.com is the website. And if you're interested in Pele Pro, you can't get down to Texas, but you want to check it out, TitleMatchNetwork.com. Uh, you can sign up. They're giving 20% off right now. And it's got WrestleCade. It's got uh, PWS, Battle Club Pro, Carnage Cups. It's all there. It's a streaming service, but they have the Pele Pro uh, library there. So if you're interested in what Kyle has been doing, you can go back and check out uh, some of these cards and some of the matchups on here are huge. I saw Shane Taylor, Josh Alexander, um, uh, Cam Cole, Davey Richards, Chandler uh, Hopkins from Revelations uh, in March. Uh, yep, Blastoff's got, Blast got Danhausen on it. I mean, it's a who's who in the world of professional wrestling. It's all there at your fingertips over at titlematchnetwork.com. And again, PelePro.com for tickets, info, merchandise. Uh, Kyle, you mentioned you were an MMA fighter, shoot fighter type deal. Yeah. What's the biggest transition for you? You go from being a, a fighter to being, you're the booker man now. You're the promoter. You're the boss man. It's, you know, uh, I, I kind of, let me, uh, you know, behind the curtain a little bit. Uh, the biggest thing is really just kind of knowledge of knowing I've been on the one side of my body is how I make my money. And so you got to be, when I was a fighter, you know, I didn't, I didn't get to the point where I had to start making career decisions as far as like injuries and stuff piling up. But at the end of the day, my, my service, my labor that I was getting paid for was my body. Right. And so when I talk to the wrestlers now, you know, um, I've had plenty of guys reach out to me and say, Hey man, I got injured. Uh, you know, what do you think? Or this or that. And I'll tell them straight up, like, dude, do not get yourself hurt and cost yourself long-term money for a short-term indie booking. Like I value my show. I think my show is pretty dang good, but uh, I don't want anyone to miss out an opportunity just because they, they felt like they had to stick to a commitment to an indie show. And that's like a big thing for me is I, I want to make sure that my, one of my philosophies, I wouldn't, it would make me nothing. Nothing would make me happier and for a guy to reach out to me and say, hey, this show has to be my, net, my last booking because I got signed, um, signing exclusive or something like that, that would make me happy, especially if they said because I, they saw me on your last show. Or, like if my platform helped them make their living, that would make me happy. So with all that being said, I just kind of, in my mind, I tried to talk to the guys and say, like, you have to mix, like my show isn't how you're going to make your money. The best I can do is give you a, a, a nice payday for the weekend and get you some exposure that's that's about all i can offer i there's i mean we're just an indie show i mean there's not we don't got you know we're not on abc or nbc or you know so at the end of the day i asked the guys to give me a hundred percent because i think if they do it's going to translate to the next level but at the same time i'm not going to be there saying like dude go do like we're talking about doing shooting star presses don't go out there and feeling like you need to do a shooting star press into the crowd you know off a of scaffolding for my show man like save that save that for mania save that for a pay-per-view um that's just my two you know that's just kind of how i feel about things and that comes from uh i didn't i don't feel like when i was fighting anyone took advantage of me but you do kind of learn those lessons just you know through the through the fight world 
what what is the biggest headache? And I'm saying like obviously injuries happen, but it's not necessarily considered a headache, right? Like someone has to cancel a show because they're hurt. But what's like the biggest like thing that annoys you about being a promoter? Uh, I call it the the puzzle pieces. Um, so making sure that all your storylines and who's going over and stuff makes sense because there's no perfect puzzle piece. I, I, I've had a couple of shows where I've walked away being like, man, that worked out real well. But going into it, I'm like, that that there's a piece that doesn't fit exactly quite right. Um, that's the most annoying thing is like, so you're you're working through your uh, this guy over this guy, uh, making sure you're kind of writing in your details of like, I want this kind of match. And then you're sitting there and you're thinking about it and like, well, crap, I don't want this guy's now going to be on a losing streak. I didn't want that. But this guy has to win because he's going to be in the main event of the next show. You know, and then and then right. you kind of just have to figure out some clever ways of making stuff work. That's the number one. I, I'd rather have a, like 10 people drop out on the card for me than, you know, and, and then have to struggle with making sure the booking pieces work because it's just it's just a frustration. It's it's difficult because it's not like I have never had a lot of people politic with me. I've never had a lot of people come up to me and say like, Hey, I can't lose, or I got a big show coming up Had it once or twice and usually pretty understandable. Um, but for the most part, it's just that natural, what you want to do with guys from a creative standpoint and making sure you can balance it all out, you know? So that's, that's easily the, the toughest thing. And it's, it's so funny that you mentioned that because we're, we're in a, a point in independent wrestling where like storylines actually kind of matter now because there's yeah. so many like, available streaming services youtube is a thing like that was never the case in the 90s like no like everything was just booked for that show and and that was it and then you move on to the next one and you do something else so how do you feel about creative storytelling like how important is creative storytelling to this day on independent wrestling i think it's pretty important because like when you see who gets signed by the wwe and i think when you see Who's making it? You know, I, I, I view the WWE is, I mean, that's that's how you're going to make your money um, without too much strain. Because you can make your money in New Japan, you can make your money in AEW, uh, but if you want to be a millionaire at this game, it's through the WWE, right? Um, and I think when you look at the guys that they sign, and even the guys AEW signs, they're, they're guys that can, they're not like, how do I say this? Um, they're not the guys that I would call like, you know, we all played like SmackDown versus Raw or, or Here Comes the Pain. Oh. We're, we're not talking about guys that had like the coolest move set, right? Because um, there's great guys out there like like Zack Sabre. I love him. I think he's great. I think he could do every you know everything. But I mean, he hasn't been signed by he hasn't been signed by AW or or, or WWE. And I, there's a million reasons why. But like, I think they're always going to be looking for more than just a move set. And so for me, on the independent scene, I think it's great that guys are telling more storylines that kind of interconnect through multiple promotions because I think that that stuff connects more with the crowd. Um, one thing I've struggled with is making sure uh, – <laughs> the cat, I love it. <laughs> uh, the, the thing that I've you know, tried to – you try to coordinate with other promoters as best you can. So you're like, hey, let's – are we keeping this – this guy's a heel with me. Is he a heel with you or is he a face, you know, and especially if you're kind of in the same backyard, like DFW, we've probably got 20 regular running shows and there's probably 10 more that are kind of sporadic or pop up or, you know, so there's, I mean, every weekend there's three or four shows easily. 
so you kind of want to keep that consistency, but it's hard. So I, I, to kind of answer your question, I I wish we could do a better job in independent wrestling of kind of maintaining storylines throughout. Uh, But it's easier said than done on some levels, but I think it's good that guys are telling focused more on stories and character than uh, their moves. Uh, Convent September 3rd at the Grace Preparatory Academy, 3300 Interstate 20, West Arlington, Texas. Palais Pro Champion Chandler Hopkins against Mysterious Q. You said he was one of the, um, I know it's a term that's been used around wrestling lately. He's one of the pillars of, yeah. of Pele Pro. You gave him, he won this, this hair versus career match where he took the title from Cam Cole, and you decided, let's just throw this kid right into the teeth of the monster and you, his first defense was against fucking tim storm yep <laughs> i mean that is former nwa world champion we watch nwa we know what tim storm is about um do, do you see chandler hopkins being the the Pele pro champion for a long time to come you know not sure um i mean he's definitely over as as get um you know just being honest, we're we're him and me have been talking like, where are we going with this? What are we doing with this? Um, and we've got some great ideas, and I think people are going to really enjoy the ride because we've got it booked pretty far out. But I will say, just like um, something we we're both mindful of is sometimes, especially in modern pro wrestling, the chase is better than the 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 moment. I think we just kind of saw that with Adam Page, you know, Adam Page. I think everyone loved him chasing up to the winning the title. And then he kind of had a lackluster run. Um, I don't think a lot of that was his fault, but I mean, it's kind of one of those things we're being mindful of is like, do people respond better to the baby face with the title or do they respond better to the baby face challenging for the title? You know, it, it basically is Rocky one better or is Rocky two better? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Is it the, the, the money? They always say the money's in the chase, right? Yeah, yeah I think so. Look yeah. at like, Go back and look at like look at how many how long Dusty Rhodes would help hold the NWA title. It was never for like more than a few months. It, you know, he never held. I don't think he had any like year long runs or anything like that. It's rare, you know. Yeah, but he might be the outlier back in that era because like that's had, true. Like, you had like Flair and Bruno and Backlund right. and who and Pedro would hold it for like. 19 years. I think Pedro Morales might still be the WWF champion. I think he is. It's like yeah. eight years. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know if Flair had any kind of extended run. You got to remember, he, he's got. Okay. 16... Maybe, maybe not Flair. Maybe Harley. Harley for well, sure. Harley definitely did. Yeah. Harley had like a couple of year wrong ones, but I think Flair had one that was about a year. I might, might be wrong. No, you, you could be right. You I could mean... be right on that one. But then as you got more into the 80s, that was. You know when the when the titles were flip flopping a lot, you know you'd have guys that come up like Sting or you know Dusty would even come back and win it. I mean Harley even had a couple of short reigns here and there, you know in his later years. So but like Tony, like your boy Bruno, Backlund, Pedro, like God, those reigns like were never ending. Hogan, uh, you know what the funny thing is, like Pedro's reign overall was actually pretty short when you compare him to like Bruno and Backlund. And I think once you got into once you got past hogan's first reign the long reigns really started going away it was about the same time in the nwa it started happening once you got into the like late 80s the long reigns just didn't exist anymore it, yeah. i think it depends on what the situation is too because like didn't hogan's 
when when the NWA first started, didn't he hold the belt for almost two years until Sting finally took it at Starcade? Wow, Luger um, Luger beat him. Oh, uh, did he? Yeah, yeah Luger then, beat but, him then, for, but then he won it back. He okay. beat him. He beat him on a Nitro before a pay per view, and then six days later, yeah, he dropped Road it Wild, nineteen ninety. That was it. Six. Yeah, I guess the reason I say that is just more like. The way I kind of look at things, I mean, obviously circumstances matter. Do you have TV? You know, are you doing house shows? Stuff like that. Like for us, we're just running every other month. So like Cam Cole held our title for a year, but he only defended it, I think, eight times total. You know, and I'm not, that's not to remove it. It's just saying it's like a different circumstance. If we had, you know, if we were in the situation where um, you would see Cam Cole or Chandler with the title every once a week. Right it might change how we do things. I'm not saying one way or another, because if the reactions keep going up, then you probably keep the title on him. But I mean, if they kind of stagnate, then, you know, you figure out the best storyline to get it off him or change it up. But it's, it's tricky, man. Like I, I certainly understand when like, like Kenny just like AW usually have longer title runs, except for the TNT title. I've understood why all their title reigns have been as long as they are. They're all, I think, I think all their title reigns have been about the right sweet spot as far as length. I agree. And it's, it's with independence that you kind of, as long as someone has a presence on social media, like they might not have a match for like three months, but as long as right. like, if they're like cutting promos with the belt or doing stuff like this, like vignettes, like their presence is still there as champions. So it makes it feel more important. And it feels like the reign is as long as it has been. And despite how many defenses they've had. Yeah. And I think the other thing is like, you know, all of wrestling basically boils down to getting reactions, whether it's a promoter, referees, uh, announcers, every, everybody's job is to get good reactions and keep those reactions. And so, you know, and, and re- what are reactions? They're keeping people's attention. I, I think you could have somebody have, um, you know, like for me, I, I don't get to watch as much wrestling as I'd like, but I, I'll tell you right now, I keep an eye on companies like Defy and Warrior Wrestling. Uh, one, because I know a couple of people there, but also because like they do, I'll just see clips every once in a while. Of, like, like currently, I, I know who both champions are. Warrior Wrestling's Casey Navarro, and then Defy is uh, Christopher Daniels. And like, you know, Christopher Daniels isn't doing much on AEW. But he's having a lot, like, you You watch his stuff up in Defy. It's real fun. It's real cool. Um, it's different. And, again, I'm only seeing clips of it, but I every time I see something from Defy, I'm interested in what are they got going on for whatever reason. I mean, they've just kept my attention even from a 1,000 miles away. So I, I think that's part of the whole game of it all is how do you keep people's attention? You know, did did if I put the title on a guy, do you forget about him right away? You know, stuff like right. that. So, yeah, and it seems like you got a, a a pretty good handle on it. You mentioned the DFW area. There's probably between twenty and twenty five promotions. Oh, easy. Shows every we know we've done stuff. You know, there's re, there's reality of wrestling. Mm-hmm. There's um, god damn it, mysterious. Q. Yeah, mysterious Q was the champion there for a while too. Oh, New Texas, uh, New Texas. RCW, there yeah. we go. Yeah. So, so there's a lot going on down there. September 3rd, uh, Covenant, huge show. If you are looking now, Kyle, I'm going to put you on the spot here. You're looking okay. to check out one of the past Pele Pro Wrestling shows over at TitleMatchNetwork.com. What show would you suggest uh, the listeners and the watchers out there to uh, to check out if they wanted to get their, their teeth 
uh, sunken into some Pele Pro? I really, I think my my two favorite shows. I really like this last one we did. I really like Judges. That was a lot of fun. I think we organized it real well. I think you know we had to change the main event. Got changed around a little bit, but I think um, I'm actually <laughs> I'm saying it maybe it's because I'm on that show. But uh, you know uh, we we did our new t- we revealed a new title belt. Um, Fuego versus uh, uh, Corey. Corey O'Neill was really good. Um, Dale Springs versus Izzy James was a s- awesome, strong style match. They just beat the crap out of each other. Um, so that one was fun. I like our June show last year. Um, I think it was called Pushing Limits. That one was just like the card just seemed to flow really well, like from beginning to end. Um, and I think that was also the kind of first show where I kind of feel like, okay, I think as a a booker and as a writer, I've kind of got this stuff figured out. Like I kind of know, okay, if you start with this kind of match, you need to kind of slow things down and then you, you know, and that whole deal. So I feel like that June show was the first one where it's like Pele pros identity kind of formed that night. But um, I'd also say the biggest moment of Pele pro was either Chandler winning the title, which was Exodus our May show or the ending of the July show last year. Um, what do we call that one? It was a uh, shoot. Uh, was that, state, of uh, emergency. state of emergency. Yeah. It was the grand theft auto theme. And uh, the ending of that Fuego del Sol versus Cam Cole is like my favorite overbooked. Like it had like 20 things going on, but by the end of it, the crowd was losing their mind. Cause we had a surprise, a guy show up that wasn't supposed to be there. So I, I won't ruin that one, but that one's, the ending of that one is probably my favorite. So I, I would say if you really want to watch what we're about, I would say either the uh, May or June show of this year. Those have been the kind of seminal, like this is what a Pele Pro show looks like for sure. As, uh, and excuse me for not knowing, but is there, do you guys do a live stream or do we have to wait for it to go on title match? No, we do a live stream. So if somebody, if, if, if I make, if we make a mistake, you will see it live, my friend. <laughs> so, is it is it Title Match Network or is it a hmm? different stream? No, it's Title Match. We've uh, we used to be on Fight. We're not. We, we they were causing some issues, so we stopped being on Fight. Um, we do also stream a, uh, our live, like we do a pre-show. So if you want to see some kind of up and coming guys, uh, we always try to stream that on YouTube. But yeah, Title Match, we always stream live. It's it's I think it's more fun that way. Um, you know, maybe one day we'll move to more of a tape model where we can cut some stuff and make it a little, little better. But for now, we like that live stream. It's fun. Yeah, no, live stream's fun. So we're here in Jersey. So if you you aren't taking the trip, I know we got a couple of fans, listeners, people out there that enjoy the podcast down in Texas. But if if you can't make the trip from the Northeast here, uh, title title match network, you can watch the show live September third. A huge show. Kyle, it's been an absolute pleasure. We appreciate you taking time out of your schedule and setting up the rest of the month for us. Next week, we have Izzy James. The yeah. following week, we have Chandler uh, Hopkins, the champ of Pele Pro. So we're excited to be uh, be featuring you guys, and hopefully we get to do more in the future with you. We'd love to. Uh, let me just say real quick to to you, Matt, Tony, and Kevin. Um, you know, we had – I don't think we had talked too much, uh, like – like this at least prior to, I mean, like we've DM'd and stuff like that, but I just want to say like, you guys have been super cool. Um, since day one, I just started tagging you guys and stuff or sending you guys, Hey, could you guys retweet this? Can you share this? Y'all have been super cool about that. So you guys have been such a 
uh, help and kind of getting us off the ground. You didn't owe us anything. And I, I've just always been really grateful for that. So I just want to say thank you all. And uh, Matt, I know you were kind of shouting us out the whole time for our socials and stuff. Real professional. Uh, really appreciate that, man. So I, that, that means a lot, man. You hear that? Professional. Not you, Tony. Not you, yeah. Kevin. <laughs> the this guy. So now, now we're going to hear this for the next month. Thanks, Kyle. Well, so, hey, man, I, I appreciate it. I mean, it was just like being on a radio show. It was just like every every other question is like, and yeah, September 3rd, you know, it, I really appreciate it. It just it helps so much, man. Well, Kyle, we appreciate you. Checks in the mail. Thanks for putting me over. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, and again, September 3rd, uh, Covenant. Um <laughs> The Grace Preparatory Academy, 3300 Interstate 20 West, Arlington, Texas. We got Chandler Hopkins taking on Mysterious Q. We got the bull rope match, Izzy James against Khan. We got Fuego Del Sol. We got Alex K. We got Mike Bennett. Marco Stunt's going to be there. My wife is standing behind. She's being <laughs> creepy. Um, Guest segment. Uh, at, uh, at Hessler Kyle on Twitter. Follow him. And then, of course, at Pele Pro Wrestling on Twitter. PelePro.com is the website. Links to YouTube, Facebook, the merch, the sponsorship deals, the shows, the champions. I love, I was checking out the championship thing here. Uh, I love the little, the little countdown clock. Chandler, yeah. the running title reign 92 days, 21 hours, 4 minutes, 31, 32, 33 seconds. <laughs> cool. I like it. That's sure. Yeah, it's fun. Well, well appreciate it, man. Hey, and and I was just gonna say, don't follow me on Twitter unless you uh unless you just want to hear my opinions on religion and politics. Uh, just follow Paley, bro. I'm not worth it. <laughs> Noted. Awesome. All right. Guys, well, pleasure. Enjoy the rest of your night. We'll talk soon, my friend. Thanks, guys. You have a great evening. Take care, Kyle. You too, Kyle. And look at that. Peace. Gotta, get out of there quick. He said, right "Fuck this shit." Uh oh, Matt's in trouble. Oh no. I so, bet so you he got. I bet Nelly, you got. Nelly trouble. jumped yep. two gates and ran and just like kicked right through it. Oh, he came right back. Look at this. Yeah, she was. So my wife is absolutely amazing. My uh, wife. And as you guys know, big uh, barbecue happening this weekend. Super excited, Kevin. I know you don't eat shit, but you better come hungry, buddy. Because <laughs> no, Kevin eats shit. That's what he eats. No, no, you you got to eat a fucking hot dog. Take a bomb, eat- throw it across the street. Something. I'll eat a hot dog. My balls busted at BJ's today. We got over 100 rolls and hot dog buns. But you know that my eating habits don't affect what you should or shouldn't buy. I know. I know. But I need everybody to participate in this. Between Rhiannon and uh, Christine, they were like, well, you know, how many people are showing up? I'm like, I don't know. Like, there's a good number out there. And they're like, well, we have 200 buns. So uh, everyone has to eat at least four things. And I'm like, I have faith in my people. My people, it's an all-day thing, so people will be grazing all day. I'm good uh, for two dogs, probably. I'm just so bummed I'm not going to be around for it, dude. You yeah, don't know how I much do. I was looking forward to going. Hey, did but, I tell uh, you that I thought I saw the professor walking down Main Street in West Orange? That does not surprise did. me at all. Huh? It was definitely him. Really? Yeah, he's living, he's back in West Orange. It looked exactly like him. Does he have any, ta- he doesn't have tattoos on his legs, does he? No. Oh, God, I hope so not. It definitely was him. Yes, it's 100% him. So, anywho, big banger this weekend, <laughs> right? Um, we got all the games. We got the Can Jam. We got the Bolo. We got uh, Rhiannon ordered uh, cornhole bat, cornhole boards and everything. Ah. Right? So, she painted them orange and blue. And then she did not tell me. She painted Mets logos on them. Nice. And she surprised me with that last night when I came home from work. So, uh, she has to go now put the epoxy on it. So, 
It's a nice smooth board. That's what I'm, dis- I'm, di- I'm disappointed. And what? That she would paint the Mets logo when we have the MBW logo just doing nothing. Oh, Tony. Uh, I mean, come on, bro. It's blue and orange, man. It's a blue and orange. It's a mess thing. It's a mess year for me. So this yeah, is you guys are on a freaking tear. Yeah, so, you'll be uh, disappointed anyway. You know what? I don't like that. I don't, I don't. Whatever. I don't follow baseball anyway. I know you don't really follow the sports that great. I've been watching um, a lot of Mets and and Yankees. Yankees have been struggling, but the Mets have been boo, baby dynamite, baby. I, yeah, no, I hear you. It's been fun. Baseball season, baseball's fun. I'm sorry. I'm enjoying I've gotten, The older I've gotten, the more and more into baseball. It, it's like my fourth favorite, probably, maybe third sport of the major four. But I find myself watching more and more baseball, even with teams that I don't even give a crap about. Like, I'm not a Mets fan. I don't, I, I root for them if, like, but I don't, I don't like them. But I, I'll watch Met games. I'll watch the, how can you not watch Scherzer or DeGrom uh, pitch? And they have the best closer in the in the freaking sport right now. And Degrom's been around for a few years, right? Like he's he's yeah, like but he's always step. hurt. That's the only thing that stinks about ah, that him. But he's coming back with the with the fire. Fucking asshole! How does he get hurt? He pitches. What the fuck's That's he doing? A little thing called Tommy John. He's throwing fucking cheese, bro. Well, like the all underwear. He does, all he does is throw fucking gas, dude. And he, yeah, see, I throw is... gas all the time too. I don't throw my arm out. Yeah, he don't throw it out his asshole, brother. I, I mean, I stain my Tommy Johns. I don't know about a Tommy yeah. John surgery. Beautiful, Tony. That's that's written the bell for yourself. That was well done. You, you guys both have bells. Yeah, yeah of course. Bells. Hey, Matt. Let me ask you this. Yep. I think I have a bell You're bell. a big Mets fan. Who would you who would you pay money for to get a picture with? Who would I pay money? Yeah, like you got favorites, right? Here's the better question. At where is the line? Because look, I have many great pictures with many great wrestlers that I grew up watching. Um, I got when we did WrestleCon several years ago, I took pictures with uh Kevin Nash. Mm-hmm. And I think I have a picture with Kurt Angle. I think you do, them. yes. Um, and I paid for those. Yeah. But Tony, there is there's a there's a line. Like I'm not paying X amount of dollars for a photo. Didn't you also pay for the Hardy uh, Hardy Boy picture at one point too? Was that WrestleCon? That was a PWS show. A yes, show. I got one with Matt Hardy too. I got one with Harlem Heat from one of the WrestlePro shows. All right, so is- I would I would probably pay for that. Now, here, now yeah. here's the other thing. I mean, I paid for the meet and greet with Bruno San Martino. Money well spent to me. Because Bruno's one of my heroes. Now, if if we can ask Tony, what was the price on that? I think the combo with Bruno might have been like a picture and three signatures, and I got his book autograph. I got a figure. I think it was like one fifty, maybe, okay. maybe, maybe not bad. Maybe two, but I don't know if I would have spent two. I might have. You would have. I probably With three but I have, in a picture. What's what's fifty bucks more? I I have a feeling it was. I have a feeling it was one fifty. But even if it was two, to me, getting to meet him, getting like this cool autograph yeah. on my Bruno figure and on his book made out to me, it was awesome. Yeah. Completely worth it. Like Bruno, and I got a picture shake. I got a picture sitting right next to him shaking his hand. Yeah. How great that, was that? No, that, that's priceless. Bruno to like Bruno to me is like your Bruno was like my Brett. And probably Matt's Brett. So like I would like in 2022, if I had the, he was just at Pandora's box. I had no idea. I saw that last night when I came home and I had completely forgot about it. And I was so, so annoyed. I would have waited online to meet Brett 
like, and actually this time I would have taken the original autograph that I got from him that he wasn't allowed to personalize. And I'd be like, hey, man, just sign this again and say to Kevin. Like, so I'd have the Bret Hart autograph and then the to Kevin uh, Bret Hart autograph on the side. I would have, I would have a hundred percent gone to that if I had known. You know, Tommy Fierro's got a bunch of guys up every day this week up at the uh, New Jersey Fair up in his neck in of the Sussex. woods. Up in Sussex, yes. yes. Yeah, isn't it over already? No. no. It's going like a whole other week. He had Jim okay. Ross up there yesterday, too. Yeah. Okay, I thought Enzo. it started and then ended with Jim Ross on Sunday. You know, Enzo's there tonight. Yeah, he's got he's got like X-Pac going to be up there. Yeah, Tony Atlas, Greg Valentine. I wonder, well, wonder, what, wonder what a lot of like Greg Valentine nowadays. I'm sure he gets a few people. There's probably people up there who remember Greg the Hammer. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, what was okay. throwing shade? I was just curious. Like, well, let me let me let me ask you this: like, okay. what, what's too much for you to pay for for a meet and greet with a photo and an autograph and all that? You asking me? Either one of you. Like, what's too much? Look, well, you know how I feel about it. I I won't really pay for any any autographs. How about you, pictures. Matt? It's gotta be. It's got to be somebody I really want to meet and get a photo with or get the autograph with. And, you know, I collect sports memorabilia, wrestling memorabilia and stuff. So it's really got to be like, it's got to be fucking worth it. Like, yeah, I really yeah. don't. Because I've never, like, I don't think I've ever gone over, like, 50 bucks. Okay. Maybe back in the, like, I don't know, like, when I was, like, 18 and I was like running around with fucking Pete and we we're going to, to meet the Hardy boys and Chris Jericho and then driving to Bayonne to meet Triple H. Like, I don't know what I was dropping, but I don't think it was a lot. I think for like a, a combo for Triple H, I paid like 40 bucks. Like now you, when you, when and you, you pay- weren't allowed behind the table, you had to stand in front of the table. <laughs> I mean, I've, yeah. I've done that too. <laughs> I, f- I forget who I've met, but it was, it was kind of the same thing. So I, at this point in my life, like I would pay for, I would probably pay for a Brett, obviously. I would pay for probably something with the Miz. Um, probably I would pay for something with Christian. Um, and maybe and probably I would pay for Matt Hardy if he wasn't at a show that I was, you know, working. I'd probably pay for them. That's the short list of people I would pay. Cause like I mean, obviously, I mean, if you got to meet John Cena. That's awesome. If you're a huge John Cena guy, he's the biggest star essentially ever. So like you, other than the rock and stone cold and Hogan and probably another six guys, we got, but, we got your point, but like, <laughs> but I, I wouldn't pay for it because I'm not that invested in John Cena. Like if I got to accidentally run into him, I would definitely ask for a picture, but I wouldn't stand online and wait to pay for it. For Cena, or even like Undertaker, like I wouldn't. I already got my picture with Taker. I don't need another one. I mean, I'm, I I kind of bring this up because, well, we know why I bring this up. I, I like, I like, I like that you went this route. Okay, well, apparently, I'm curious. I don't know why you brought this up. Well, I don't, I don't know. It was C two E two. Is that the name of the convention that this thing was at? Yes. yes. Where does that take place? That's not around here. No. Uh, oh, where is it? I, Chicago. I, I thought okay. it was Chicago. I think but it could yeah, be Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo. Yeah, and they also had the gathering in, in North Carolina the same weekend. I believe. Busy, busy time. Well, the woman who formerly and soon to be known again as Sasha Banks was at this uh, C2E2, 
and she was plying her wares. Uh, if you can call them taking pictures with fans, that would be a stretch because apparently she felt the need to put about eight feet between her and everybody taking a picture with her. Yo, Four. there was this hysterical thing on going around where like the guy was like <laughs> all the way. <laughs> dude, it was fucking I lost my shit when I saw that fucking yeah, but dude, like I, I can understand if it's like 20 bucks and you shake hands and you stand in front of a table, but dude, people were dropping like 150 bucks, I think, for this thing. Yeah, That's crazy. That's crazy. And there were other people there that had no problems taking pictures right up next to fans. Did she give a reason why she did it that way? None that I've heard. None. So that like, I've if heard. it was like a COVID fear, why wouldn't you just put the partition and then have the two people just stand, have Sasha and the fan stand closer, but with the glass in between? Yeah, but then the funny thing is, like, she's standing on top of Naomi. You know what I'm saying? And Naomi was taking pictures with people. Oh, she so, was? That's cool. Yeah, but but I mean, like, if you're worried about it, like, look, I get it. There's creepers out there that were like hugging Becky Lynch like they were wedding photos or prom pictures or shit like that. You know what I'm saying? I may have been guilty doing that in my younger days. I'm not going to say I wasn't. However, I mean, can't you just be like, hey, get a little closer, but not no. too close? You know what I'm no. saying? No, but here's the problem with the world we live in right now, right? Oh, boy. It's, no, it's a double-edged sword for her. If she lets somebody get close to her, and they touch her inappropriately, and she says something, she's a bitch, right? Just like, remember, she doesn't sign for fans who wait outside of airports and hotels because it's fucking creepy, first of all, uh, and secondly, because she doesn't have to. So people have this fucking agenda against her, right? They don't like her. So f- who gives a sh- Don't let these fucking people near her. It's fucking 90. It was $90 for a photo op, $70 for an autograph at the table. Uh, yeah. And you can get a team-up of her and Trinity for $130. Secondly, I don't know what to tell you, man. Who She doesn't I mean, want you near, She doesn't want to be near you. She I, 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 dis, I disagree money. with that take, man. Like if you're spending all that money, listen, there's creepers, obviously all rest, most wrestling, like creeps, right? Like, but other women wrestlers don't seem to it's have, not, an issue it's, but with it's, it. it's not about other. It's what, this is her, this is her runner. This is what she wants. But did she make the fans aware of that before they shelled out 150 bucks? I don't know. That's a problem. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying she, I'm not saying they got a hugger, but like literally, like you a, can't stand. You, like, you eliminate when you get there. Like, dude, people are creepy. Maybe yeah, she they, doesn't want to yeah, be touched by fans. They are, Kevin. You, I ain't that. I'm not arguing that. So she doesn't want to be touched by fans. That's not. That's not. I have no problem with her saying that. Who's saying that they got to touch her? Have someone there to make yeah, sure they don't touch her. People will do it because people are fucking weirdos. So all right, but I'm asking you this: there are mi- like not millions, but hundreds of other female wrestling talent that do these autograph signings, and they've never had you stand a million feet away. Like Trish and Lita. Did like a co-signing and listen, that, that's obviously their option. And Sasha has her, uh, like her, you know, choice too. But like to to, to make these guys just poor fuckers stand, like <laughs> yeah. I, I guess agree, Kevin. now if it's a social distancing I, no, issue, I don't I got no know problem with it. If she was like, you can't be, you have to be like a couple feet away from me, and he just thought it'd be fucking funny to stand halfway across the room. I think that no, was a dude, rig, that were, was a rig photo. Other, that was a Photoshop photo. There were other pictures like that. Yeah, but do good for her. Good for her. Nor, no, I, normally, I'd be on board with you, but for me, like, it just seems like what, like, like, who the fuck do you think you are? Like, people paid all this money to see you. They want nope. to take a picture that doesn't look like make them look like a freaking nozzle. 
and a slow. <laughs> I just made that word up, by the way. <laughs> I I have no problem with it. At, at the end of the day, I'm probably like more. Like, I I err always err on the side of the performer who has to deal with these creeps all the time, and I don't. But like, so but still, like, come on, like, is, is someone standing literally like three feet away from you that obnoxious? And and first of all, don't flatter yourself, Sasha Banks. You see your freaking, <laughs> you see your freaking hair and your freaking Matt. You even didn't you make a post about her long ass fingers. Fuck, your fingers are long as shit. It was fucking creepy as fuck. That picture with Danhausen. <laughs> yeah, she stood like she literally stood six inches away from Danhausen. Like, fuck, it's it is what it is. Bro. <laughs> that's the one. That's the greatest thing. Ever. <laughs> Look, man, these <laughs> re- look, here's the problem, right? There's no fucking boundaries. Wrestling fans and people in general don't know fucking boundaries. So instead of her having weird fucking smelly, fat, disgusting wrestling fans hugging up on her all day, she decided she wanted to keep them away. Now, look, I didn't post it. I didn't buy a ticket. And Brian Solon's right. You just need to make it clear at time of ticket purchase. And I don't know if they did. Because God knows it's probably in the fucking small print. And none of these fucking redneck idiot macaroni and cheese eating motherfuckers had the insight to look on the back of the ticket. They were just excited because they were going to meet Sasha Banks or Mercedes Verando or whatever her fucking name is. Are they back? They'll probably, probably soon yeah. show up at Raw tonight. And that's a, there was another thing like, you know, she's, she's going to be a surprise tonight on Raw. So she didn't want to get COVID. But you have to, like, play it cool so she doesn't blow the return. Right. Whatever. Yeah, I got no problem. If, if it was a COVID thing, I got no issue with that. I got but no problem with any of it. Good for her. Yeah. All right. Well, we, look, we shall agree all it takes on is this. one, right? All it takes is one fucking weirdo to get close to her and take a picture with her, right? And then she's like, thanks, sweetheart. That was great. And then he turns into the guy that broke into Sonya Deville's house. Oh, man. You're, oh, you're, come on, dude. Now, yeah. Now you're, you're, just... you're, you're so reaching. Yeah. Am I know. Yeah, no, I think, I think you are. I think you are. See, Listen, see, I, the point see is how many Sasha Banks fan pages there are on Twitter. That doesn't mean anything. How many did it happen to begin with, though, is the problem. Well, People then, have no fucking boundaries. Then women shouldn't leave the house. Fuck them. Let no, them go. That's, that's what you're saying, saying Matt. That's you what you're saying, dude. Sasha Banks, the same way you treat Roman Reigns. You're not going to fucking stalk Roman Reigns. You're not going to slide. How do you know? How do you know nobody's stalking Roman Reigns, dude? Why? Because he's a big fucking meathead? Because he's a meathead? What if people are stalking Marco Stunt? Does that make a difference? Yeah. No, it doesn't make a difference. So then how could you say that about her and not anybody else? Like, Is it, Matt? Are those things coming out, though? Are we having instances where people are breaking in the wrestlers' houses? This was the only one. Did Estonia Deville have a thing? Yes. And then there was the Seth Rollins thing where that dude jumped the fucking railing because he thought he was talking to Seth Rollins. Wrestling fans are fucking crazy. Yes, you Matt. cannot give them the benefit of the doubt. No, Matt. But you've got no problem showing up at an autograph signing and fucking taking their money. Like, that's insane, too. It's like, fuck all y'all, pay me. Like, Matt, like, really? If you look in the grand scope of celebrities and conventions and female people signing autographs, how often does this really happen? Yes, it does happen. But it, it's like the it, it it happens a million times it a million times less than it actually does happen. So like you're just gonna like completely alienate your fan base by having them stand like eight feet away from you. Again, if it's a COVID thing, I get it. 
But if it's just like, hey, I'm too good to like stand next to a fan who's paid their hard-earned money to come see me, it's it's asinine. And look, I'm not saying Sasha Banks has to be on top of these people or they have to be on top right. of her. You don't have to hug. You don't have to lay in the bed like with Tammy. But in fairness, Sasha Banks does not have the greatest reputation these days either. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of fan bases like, yeah, fuck her. We don't, we don't need her. I don't agree with that point. I think the WWE is a hundred times better if Sasha. Yeah, Banks that's is in the, it. the fan base who feels like slighted because they feel like they have to wear their WWE patch on their shirt. So everything that happens with when Sasha Banks walks out, it's she's dead to to me, you know, until she shows back up. Just like Cody Rhodes was dead to everybody, and then he showed back up. Who was Cody Rhodes dead to? Not to me, Cody. No, Rhodes. not to not to you guys. The fan bases, the wrestling fan bases. So Sasha Banks walks out on Raw. So all the WWEites are like, "Fuck her, we don't need her." The women's division is better without her. I don't know what fuck. You got to get off Twitter, man. I mean, I know we can, but like, I don't know who the fuck you're following. Bro, there's, <laughs> it's out, dude. It's out there. It's a fucking. The whole thing is a clown show. Wrestling fans, for the most part, are fucking embarrassing. For the most part, wow. It's they are but Matt. For as many people were saying that, I guarantee you there were just as many justifying their reason for leaving. Guarantee yeah. it. Leaving what? WWE. I'm not talking about people leaving WWE. I'm talking about the fucking fan base. Right. I'm saying as many people that you were saying, oh, fuck them for leaving, fuck them. Fuck, I'm sure there was just as many people justifying their cause. Oh, there were. Leaving. There was tons of simping. Oh, you do your thing. Weird the stories were tribal. shit. I'm fucking Camp WWE. I'm Camp AW. Why no, is that's Mance, bullshit. Why is Mance Warner on my TV? Who's this fucking guy? How yeah, how the fuck does Mance Warner get a fucking eliminator? Yeah, I kind of agree match. with that, what actually. Uh, you guys are fucking <laughs> out of your minds. Fuck that guy. Who do you ever beat? I'm not saying oh, fuck that guy, but I'm just like... Oh, fucking nonsensical bullshit. Who gives a fuck? You're a mark. She exposed you. She got her money. C2-3PO got his fucking cut. And everybody wins the day. And now we got all these goofy memes. Good for her. Fuck your dumb ass for being a creepy wrestling fan. How do you like but them? It, but it was a predetermined decision. She didn't encounter a creepy wrestling fan. That's right. She prevented that from happening. But then, Did we mention this? Do we mention this? Ryan's bringing this to the table. They didn't find out until they were in line. That's even better. Matt, you're, this take is a What an why? why? Why is it a bad? Why? Because she doesn't want to have people near her? Then don't do a signing. Yeah, exactly. Twitter, or just sign friend. autographs and don't do a photo op. She should have put a table in front of her like Triple H did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you weren't allowed behind the table. God damn, Kevin. <laughs> just say autographs only. No photos. Or... You have to be in the next room if you want to take it. Yeah, or just do the table thing. Then then people will be like, oh, this is how it's going to be. Then that's fine. Yeah, but the table thing was closer than they had him actually standing. Well, I mean, that that one guy, that was a little exaggerated. I know, but, but he was no, pretty, Tony, he, it wasn't that. It's not no, that. It, no, that picture was definitely exaggerated. But he was about six feet away from them. And there was one. Dude, there was one girl. She was there in her costume. And she's just standing there. And you could just see the look of dejection on her face, you know? It was terrible. JJ Rogue agreeing with our Kevin. Don't do the fucking signing. 100%. Love my guy, JJ. 100%. I hope so. He's fucking sitting in on third mic next week. (laughs) You better love him. (laughs) For the whole show? 
Yeah, for the whole. Uh, that's what happens when you sit on a third mic. Well, it's the whole I show. I told you weeks ago, dude. I know. I know. Matt, I know. I'm totally kidding. I just wanted to get a pop out of him. No, I'm just <laughs> looking through Sasha. I want to see more fucking photos of people not standing near Sasha Banks. Because and if there's weird. if there's anybody I'm confident will do an awesome job taking my spot, definitely Kevin Rogue, hundred percent. It's like Kurt Henning. Of course, you I can't <laughs> wait till Arn Anderson's spot. Can't wait till he slams a cage on one of your heads next week. <laughs> I think uh, this. If, I just love this. This is hysterical. The shit that people get fucking all worked up about. It is. What is? What are the, no. some of the comments you're seeing? What are some? Of the I haven't comments? found anything yet. Oh, <laughs> I'm just looking at her. The anything that Sasha Banks was tagged in. Dude, she like Lita between, and Trish. That, they took pictures with everybody. Okay, that's what Lita and Trish wanted to do. Good for them. Because they rule. God, Good for so... them. I hope they come back and win the tag. I took belts. my picture with Francine and Sonny. Good for me. Yeah. What now? What? How would you have felt if they told you to like, hey, stand down the hall, and we'll take this picture? I mean, I would have had to get in a bunch of people's ways that they were selling their gimmicks. So I don't think they would have done that. God. Yeah. It was either uh, it was either that this week or uh, the Billy Starks bump. That people are really uh, up in arms about. I did not see this. What yeah, what, what, what was the Billy Starks bump? What, what did that? She uh, lady jumped do? off of the top rope to the outside to try and hit his opponent, and he moved, and she crashed through some chairs. Wait, oh. she's a she's a his now? No, 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 no. Billy no. Starks. She matches again, like he always does. Butchered the English language. Oh, okay, I thought maybe we. I thought maybe Billy did something pronoun. No, no, Billy's like, good. Okay, she's good. <laughs> she's good. So what did she do? She broke something? No, she's fine. She just took a crazy bump. But like the the way it's shot, it doesn't look like there's a lot of people in the crowd. You know how all the, you know how it goes. Yeah, well, you know, getting paid in pizza and diving for twenty people. Hot dogs, baby. Hot dogs, kid. Cup of haters, cup of haters over here. Uh, by the way, uh, breaking news while Uh-oh. we were having our interview with uh, Kyle. Um, ECPW legend, Hall of Famer, former WWF superstar, Rocky Jones passed away today. Rock hard Rocky Jones. Nobody. I know him. Mike Masters. Dude, I had no idea he wrestled in the WWF in the uh, 79, 80, 81 years. That's the Italian dude, right? Yeah. Dude, Dude. he walked. Go ahead. I'll tell you a, a Rocky Jones story. Dude had no qualms walking around naked in that locker room. Oh, why why would he dude? He had a fucking eggplant. Dude, <laughs> monster. <laughs> monster. Wow. Bro, it was the most uncomfortable I've ever been in my entire life. Really? We're, yeah, we're trying to go over to the match with, with Kodiak Bear and Snooka. I look <laughs> to my left, and there's freaking Rocky Jones and his Rocky Jones. Hanging <laughs> out. Yeah, Rocky's Rocky's Johnson. Rocky's Jones. <laughs> that was Mr. Jones and me. I was like, oof. No good. But he was uh, he did some stuff in uh New Japan back in the early 80s too. Sure did. Been tag around partner, forever. Tag team partner with Chris Adams. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that wild? Tiger Jet Singh, Ricky Choshu. He's the man responsible for East Coast Pro Wrestling. Linoki, Bobby Duncan. I remember, I remember, Hulkster, him, brother. I remember him from before I knew him as a wrestler. He used to have, and I've talked about it on the show a bunch of times, 
uh, Rock Hard Rocky Jones. It was a local uh, show on Comcast where he would give you workout tips and show you how to work out with stuff in your own home. He's like, you can't afford dumbbells. Don't worry about it. Get a couple of cans of tomatoes out of the cabinet and, and, and curl with them. Just build some muscle. A little bit of weight will do a lot good for you. Tony, ECPW is still on TV, by the way. I don't Fuck yeah, that. they are. Yeah. Legendary. Every Wednesday. Am I on? They've run in reruns of me or it's all it's the best of Tony collection for the next Fuck six yeah, weeks. dude. I mean that's, that, that's be short. <laughs> I gave him six weeks, Matt. Did it, was his run six weeks? Where? At Tony's run. Maybe Tony. a little longer than that. I don't know. Is he uh, is he on cage match? Let's see. Who me? X. The experiment. No, definitely not on cage match. The ex- how, Tony, how long was your actual career? Like how many times did you wrestle? Oh God, maybe ten or twelve. Why'd you stop? Because I went back to school, kid. Mm. He knew there was no money in it. We went to Seton Hall. Twice. Wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) There's no money in wrestling. But like, Uh he went to like away. Like he could still probably wrestled and went to school, right? Or no? I mean, I could have, but he knew. He knew. You You stop? Did you stop giving a fuck? To be honest, or what? given a, f- a fuck about wrestling did you just like stop caring or was it no. school no it was i wanted to go back to school i felt you that, saw one you know, one too many gino caruso kodiak oh. bear matches and he said fuck <laughs> this he saw rocky <laughs> jones's dick and was like i'm out well, i can never live up to that come on dude <laughs> can't compete with that fucking monster yeah well rocky jones 68 years old rest in peace that, wow. That's a fucking meh. that's a bummer wow. so rest we went peace, from rocky jones's penis. sasha banks no photo argument discussion and you just bring us down with the with the death well i think we're talking about two career deaths here aren't we <sighs> no because she's gonna fucking show up on fucking raw tonight and everyone's those gonna... fucking retards oh, sorry those idiots are gonna win the tag belts again it's gonna and everyone's gonna fucking fucking make cumsies in their pants <laughs> i actually think the rocky jones thing brought brought stuff up I think it elevated the show, to be honest with you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Boing. Ah, brother. <laughs> Holy that. shit. Look at that boner. Bonerific. Fucking A, man. Well, we brought it up with um with Kyle. Uh, hey, Kyle. I'll tell you what. I heard good things from Raw about Raw last week. I still had no interest in checking it out. But I am kind of interested in Karrion Cross and Roman Reigns. I think we're going to get Karrion Cross, Drew McIntyre at some point first, probably. But right, yes. I think Drew's uh, Drew's clashing at the castle with. He Roman. is clashing at the castle. You are correct, sir. Yes, in Cardiff. Um, he, here's an interesting point. So I also read that uh, Fox, Fox, Alicia or no, Fox. It, was, it was actually uh, USA Network wants a champion back on their show because now their world champ well their world champion is roman and roman's not really making a lot of appearances anymore so they want someone that's going to be representative of the brand of raw uh scuttlebutt was maybe they'll elevate one of the other titles i guess the u.s title is on yeah, raw. they've done that before but the other thing was with carrion cross coming back Maybe this is a way to kind of split the titles back up again and have maybe Claymore go to one and Carrion go to the other and give Roman that kind of like, I don't know, Undertaker preferential treatment maybe 
where he appears once in a while. I absolutely hate that idea. Oh, I'm just throwing it out there because yeah. this, this was the thought that was going around. But maybe I'm, it makes sense. Well, it depends on it all depends on I think Matt, I'm sorry to cut you off. No, it, no, all you're depe- good. it all depends on the return of Cody. Because if anyone is taking that belt off Roman or both belts off Roman, or if one takes one, um, that could happen. If anyone's taking that belt off Roman, it's Cody. And I've, I'm, I'm firm in believing that now. I would hope so. I think Just the Cody... way they've treated him. I wasn't expecting them to treat him this well when he came back. And yeah. I thought if he had half the career that AJ Styles did when he came in, and AJ Styles is a multiple-time WWE champion, all this stuff, if, if Cody had half the career of AJ in WWE on his second run, then I thought that would be a success. But now it seems that they have way more uh, plans for him. I get at least Vince did now with Triple H. I, I'm, I'm sure Tr- Triple H is no freaking dummy. He knows that the money is Cody and Roman. He knows that that's what the audience he's playing to now, I feel like. Whereas Vince may not have 100% thought that while it did seem like he did. I feel like Triple H knows that Cody Roman is maybe a WrestleMania main event. I don't know. The the only thing I wonder is, are they going to stretch it that far? It depends on when Cody comes back. And uh, and I, I said that from from day one, like when he got hurt, I was like, I don't think they'd hold off on him till Mania if he was able to go in like September. Like but if. I you, think- if Sorry, Kev, I didn't mean to cut you off. Now no, we're even. Um, uh, uh, if, so if Triple H has said he wants to present the WWE more as a wrestling show now, he's trying to get away from the entertainment, which I think is great. And I think we've seen how successful he is at NXT. With the fanfare behind Cody when he returns, do you think, we just talked about it with Kyle, the money's in the chase. Do you think he drags it out? Like, are we going to get, like, a Drew Carrion Roman thing that carries us through the Rumble? Probably. And then do you get do you do you let Cody win the Rumble or do do you go a different route? And then at post mania, Cody spends the whole year chasing. No, I don't do that. Is that too long? That's way too long. I think if if he hadn't gotten hurt, we'd already be talking about. Cody Roman probably at SummerSlam and taking the belt off Roman at SummerSlam. I if, would say Survivor Series, but I, I get your I get your feel. I feel what you're putting down there. Who Matt? No, you, you. Oh, okay. Uh, had, but, had, yeah, had Roman had Cody not getting hurt, I would think definitely by Survivor Series they would have pulled the trigger. Yeah, but SummerSlam was the stadium show. It was Nashville. It was it had True. the, it yeah, had the WrestleMania right. feel. You're right. But if and I I believe Matt actually brought this up or like back when Cody originally got hurt that like maybe they should prolong it till mania. Like before, like before he got hurt, maybe the title change should be at mania. And I was like, if he comes back, if he's healthy, they're going to need him. But now things, the hit, the landscape has completely changed since then. So I have no clue where their heads are at and what they're going to do. And not that I did before anyway, but I really think that if Cody is ready, I do think Cody wins. Matt, that's a great point out of you. Cody should win the Rumble. But now Karrion Cross is a good placeholder for now. Like, he's – he didn't – his his run in WWE on the main roster was brutal. 
Oh, it was atrocious. Yeah, and I, I was, uh, I didn't hate that he lost to Jeff Hardy in his debut. I just hated that he had the NXT Championship when when it happened. So like, it was absolutely atrocious. Now like, it's building him back up, getting fans more familiar with who this guy is. He has a completely different look now. He has hair now. His NXT entrance was never used on WWE television. It was used on NXT, and then it was like freaking Lord of the Flies or Dragon Gate, whatever. And uh, so he can be a, a serviceable guy that could be at the top of the card that will always be a threat, much like Drew McIntyre. Like Drew McIntyre, no one sees him really as a – like no one sees him as a real threat right now, right? Like the only real threat in WWE right now is Brock or if Randy Orton gets healthy. Like no one, or maybe Seth Rollins. I don't know. Like, But that's it. That's really it. So I think uh, Karrion Cross could be a serviceable placeholder – and still remain at the top of the card, and eventually one day hold the belt because he's still young. And, uh, and but now the money to me is Cody and and Roman. Yeah, but you gotta get you know your the point is we have to get there, right? Right. And and if Triple, if Triple H is running the show, man, and this direction he wants to go, like we we gushed about it, you know, a long time. The black and gold was it, man. There was no better shows than NXT Takeover, the big shows. Well, and look, he's. Tomas is challenging Bobby Lashley for the U.S. title tonight. Karrion Cross is back. Uh, uh, he brought back Dakota Kai for SummerSlam. Yeah, Io Shirai. Maybe. Uh, the the brackets for the tournament are out. Tony. Oh no! Tony brackets the tournament. Oh yeah. Wait, where, where are they? Can can we can we? Uh, Matt, let me before we get to that. Matt, can I ask you this? Do you know if if Triple H is back in charge of NXT Creative? I do not know that. Uh, that's a great question, Kevin. I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen anything that said that he was, but I also haven't seen anything that said that he wasn't. Because if he's taking over Vince, Vince and Bruce were in charge of everything. So I'm only assuming that Triple H, if anyone's in the chat that knows the answer to that, uh, please let me know. But if he's in charge of NXT 2, again, I feel like we're going to see a lot of changes in, in that as well. I think you're, you're going to see a lot of changes, Tony. It's on their... Uh... Do you have their Twitter? Are you on Twitter? No, you're off of Twitter. I mean, I could go to our Twitter. Uh, it's on. Twitter. It's under the WWE uh, Twitter. They just tweeted it out a couple minutes ago. The tag tournament. Oh boy. The oh women's boy. tag tournament. Is there a mystery entry in there? There are not. There are eight eight teams. God, what are these teams? Do they have? Do they have sixteen women? They yeah, they do. Okay, all got right. It? Yeah, I got it. All right, let's see what we got. It's uh, I mean, you got it. Look, unfortunately, there's no Naomi and and uh, Mercedes Verano. Uh, wow, some interesting teams here. All right, so here, uh, I think tonight we're getting Tamina and the 24 7 champion Dana Brooke against EO Sky and Dakota Kai. We got Alexa Bliss and Asuka taking on Nikki ASH and Dewdrop, oh, Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah. Versus Zia Lee and Shotzi, and Nikita Lyons and Zoe Stark taking on Natalia and Sonya Deville. Okay, oh, so, so that means to me that the championships are still going to be circulated through all three shows. Right? Well, two. If well, if Nikita, if Nikita is Nikita Lyons on the main roster? Oh yeah. No, she's not. Yes, yeah, she is. 
she wrestled she wrestled on SmackDown or Raw recently, didn't she? Are you, are you sure you know who Nikita Lyons is? Yeah, she... <laughs> yeah, I know who she is. She's the girl with the big ass that everybody drools all yes. over. Yes, yeah. okay. So if she was on... all right, so then you could be right. You definitely could be right. I just wanted to make sure you knew who you're talking about. Oh no, I'm right. I know I know my shit. I'm not uh, we got a couple here in the chat. JJ Rogue said my understanding is Triple H is in total creative control, including NXT. And then Mike Spear Jr. says, uh, Meltzer reporting that right now the plan is 100% Roman Rock at WrestleMania. Yeah, I forgot about Rock. I forgot about Yeah, that makes more sense than Cody then. But now if the belts are separated, Cody could still win a championship against somebody else. Oh, yeah. I still want to see Cody Roman. And we got time. Look, I like the, the idea of carrying cross. It's fresh. It's new. It's something different. And I... I Will be the first to admit I do not watch the WWE at all, but that has me intrigued. And then they're doing like little things, like Liv Morgan is defending her championship at the castle against Shayna Baszler. Where's Shayna? Wow! Who won like a gauntlet match, I believe, the other night. And like Shayna Baszler had an incredible run in NXT. Like I think Triple H is going to go younger, and he's going to go with the Tommaso Ciampa's, the Shayna Baszler. Don't be surprised if fucking Johnny Gargano shows up sometime on Raw or SmackDown the next couple weeks. Yeah, that's the big scuttlebutt. Like, who's going to come back now that Triple H is in charge? Well, let me that's ask like, you. Let me ask you guys man. this: Who do you who do you think's winning this women's tag tournament? Eo, oh, uh, the yeah, the uh, Sky Bailey's, Bailey's bitches. I mean, I guess it has to be no. Yeah, they just came back at SummerSlam to that major thing. It's got to be them. It ain't going to be no dewdrop. I, yeah, I think we get Asuka and Alexa Bliss in the second round against them. I think that'd be an interesting match. Yeah, so how does it how does it rank? Would where do are Alexa Bliss and Asuka on the opposite side of No, they'll meet in the second round if both their teams Ooh, win. That could be tough. Well, I mean Sky and Sky and Kai and Sky. Kai and Ty? Yes. Kai. That was the joke. Uh, against Tamina and Dana 24-7 champion Dana Brooke. That still triple H, Triple H, just fucking put that out to pasture, dude. Take that shit behind the shed and put a bullet in it. That's right. Get rid of that fucking title, bro. I agree. Uh, you know, you know who else they got rid of? Oh yes, damn kid. I guess oh. I'm unemployed now. Wait, 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 Johnny wait, Ace wait. is gone. Wait, damn kid is stone cold. You can't say damn kid is fucking Johnny Laurinaitis. I know they sort of sound the same. Hey. Your arms are really vascular. You think oh, I could get one of hey, those Vince. security checks? Hey, I got to fire balls. <laughs> Who told what? that story recently that he was in catering complaining that he had to fire balls Mahoney and fucking everybody knew before balls found out that he was getting fired. <laughs> Somebody told us that story recently, didn't they? I don't know, but <laughs> balls Mahoney is going to be a topic of conversation later. Yes, he is. Uh, yes, Kevin. Uh, Johnny Ace, Johnny Laurinaitis. Uh, was fired within the last week, first reported by PW Insider and independently confirmed by Meltzer. The report said that dismissal was for obvious reasons. <laughs> oh, yeah, here you go. John Laurinaitis terminated by WWE. So, uh, so uh, yeah. So he's out. He gone. He gone. A lot of changes. Look, again, I said it last week, and I will say it until I'm blue in the face. If the WWE does well, the wrestling business as a whole, does well. 
So uh, I'm okay. Look, if he's going to turn it back into a wrestling promotion. Oh, he also said what what words are back? We can use words again now. I heard wrestler and wrestling. Right? Yes. Yes. Triple H says we can use those words again. Yeah, we'll see. It, it's going to be a slow, gradual thing, but we already saw it going better with SummerSlam and then the Raw after the Usos had a freaking incredible match, I believe, with God, who the fuck was it? Street Profits. Huh? Was it Street Profits again? On, on Raw after? Yeah, I think it might. I think it may have been. That was a, an incredible match. So, I mean, we're getting there and I'm actually, I'm not averse to actually going out of my way to watch WWE at this point because more of it is kind of intrigue as it is to like liking it. But if I watch it, and if I like it, I'll stick with it. If I don't, I won't. And they've been you know? pushing the big, strong Viking Raiders recently, too. Oh, yeah. I saw that, too. Oh, they should. Dude, I'm t- it's, I don't think this is a bad thing, man. I think this is a really good... I think this thing. is good, man. Is it too little too late for them, though? I don't think so, man. I In think this is getting I- over... I think this is what people want. I think this right. is what the, the wrestling fans have been longing for for a very long time, like pro wrestling. And you're going to tell me stories and we're not going to hear that Vince McMahon changed the show fucking five times, four hours before Raw went live. Like, I think this is this is what they want. Triple H has a game plan and Stephanie, they're gonna, they have a vision, right? We saw he did it with the NXT black and gold. And yes, this is on a whole bigger level. Yeah. But like. Come on, man. Like, just, uh, just, and you, you're right, Kevin. It's going to take time. It's going to take time. It's going to be slow. But, man, just like they did that, that U.S. Gauntlet match last week. Like, I saw clips from that. There were some sick spots there. Like, Tommaso Ciampa, Bobby Lashley tonight. Like, that's huge. And, and that's not the, like, I know we said, like, Triple H was in charge of NXT. Now he's in charge of, like, the, the main show. That's not diminish what he did in NXT, man. They were selling out buildings everywhere they went. Like, they, their, their, their takeovers were, probably more packed than the pay-per-view the next night. I think so, I think we had a, a lot of those conversations where it was was this 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 takeover was better than X yeah. show whatever it was, right? And yeah, and a million times over and WWE is usually really good with their main shows being great, but it's just it's just tough when you follow NXT and and listen to like, Chicago, Brooklyn Sold out, like sold out, packed to the packed to the rafters, to the guilds, if you will. So, like that, Triple H did a great job there, and why they wanted to change it so now they could run. God, and no disrespect, like little, like oh God, I hate to use this term, but I can't think of anything else. Little bingo halls for house shows that were at the house shows in Red Bank, New Jersey, or Tom's River fit like two thousand people, and and that's when they and they would sell it out. For a house show, for like a Roddy Strong, somebody main event, like house show. And now like you're doing these other shows. I get it. NXT is still developmental. It, it they, Maybe they want to get back to the basics of treating it as developmental, but they're putting people out there way too soon. And it's kind of wacky. Tony, my question to you, who loves the tournament more, Tony Khan or Triple H? Don't forget, Triple H was uh, behind the Cruiserweight Classic, the Dusty the Dusty Rhodes Classic, they did that uh, North American title. Uh, I think he was he had something to do with the the May Young Classic. Got to throw loves- William Patrick Corgan in the mix too. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, I think he he's not he's 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 a far third that that <laughs> WPC. 
It's Tony Khan or Triple H. Who loves the tournament more, Tony? Oh, definitely Tony Khan. He's packed so many in in the past year alone. Come on. Come on. Really? Yeah, really. Yeah, really. Yeah, really? I heard trios belts, and then I also heard women's tag belts are coming, and all this other nonsense. Women's tag belts belts are coming where? AEW. For what? For more women. To do what? To tag. No women's tag. Stop. Enough belts. No. Fucking Tony Khan. Everybody's got to have a belt. You get a belt. You get a belt. Can I get a belt? You have a belt. You won't fucking give it to the champ. It's true. By the way, yeah. oh. I just want everyone to know, I was promised that we were going to have confirmation of the next challenger for Can You Beat That. Unfortunately, decisions have been made. <sighs> Somebody has been selected. However, we do not have an official announcement this week. In my absence next week, there will be an announcement as to who the next challenger is. It's already been decided. We just need to wait a week for the announcement. But there will be a challenge for Christian Rocco's Can You Beat That Championship September 12th? Yes. September yes, 12th. that's what we have it on the, the calendar for. That's the so in my absence, you will be blessed with another video from a representative of the Can You Beat That Committee. Interesting. Yes. Interesting. I'm intrigued by the Trios Championship, by the way. I'm not. I think it's stupid. Or the... <laughs> Of course you do, Tony. Like that. Anything AEW related, Tony thinks is freaking dumb. No, it's not even under trios rules. They just named the trios to be silly and funny and different. Well, what, are, what are trios rules? Trios rules are lucha libre, where if somebody Don't gets shit canned, the next person gets to come in. Stop yourself. What? I said stop yourself. No, I'm not stopping myself. That's legit. Why is the Ring of Honor belts called the six man belts and why are these called the trios belts? Why do why does one word have to mean something somewhere and not mean something somewhere else? Oh, you're like one of those dirty people that just changes definitions, aren't you? No, there are <laughs> words with multiple meanings. No, trios trios is a lucha libre term. There's nothing like, to do with the United States uh wrestling. Dude, I'm excited because you could literally put the obvious main feud is gonna be Paige and the Bucks against uh, Cole and 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 Fish and O'Reilly and that's like these titles will automatically feel like main event matches. Like if you don't have a world title match, you could put this title match yeah. on the show as the last match, and it'll be a main event. Yeah. 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 Uh, Tony feels. Tony, I do want to ask why is it just the name? I can't wait for Kevin Rogue next week. He's gonna shit on all of y'all talking okay. about too many fucking titles in AEW. I love this man. Now, look, I don't disagree. Look, there's also too many titles in the NWA. We talked about this last week. Yeah. There's going to be more. Yeah. So shut the fuck up. No, <laughs> fuck you, dude. I'm consistent. I hate it all. All right. Why is it the addition of the titles? Is it them calling them trios titles and not being um, authentic to the uh, Mexican style that you know as Lucha Libre. Well, I mean, you look, just eat everything that AEW. I don't understand. No, I don't. I don't like the name. I don't think they need them. I think the only reason they're getting them is because your fuck boys, the Young Bucks, can't be the tag champs anymore. So they got to give them something to do. So they're making these belts up. <sighs> Seriously, <laughs> why do we need trios titles so six jackoffs can keep having matches every week? You know, what else we, you know what else we bitch about? We bitch about the Street Profits and the Usos. How many fucking Young Bucks, Adam Page, and fucking, fucking Kyle O'Reilly fish matches are you going to look forward to? 
Me? Zero. God. I, I need to know where this aggression is coming from. It's the belt. It annoys me. It just now, I, me. Uh, I'm going to throw something out here. Please, oh, baby. Right I've, heard, I've heard uh, some scuttlebutt. I've heard a couple rumors. And uh, I, I want to make this happen. Uh-oh. Okay. It is rumored. Now, I cannot confirm or deny, so this may be all for naught, that AEW Full Gear yep. is going to be at the Prudential Center. Yeah, this is not as well kept of a secret as I thought it was. I will gladly purchase three tickets. I have to go to an AEW show with Tony. I have to sit next to him, <laughs> and I have, I have to... I have to watch the mad scientist here. I have to watch him work live. When is the show? It'll probably be, if it's a pay-per-view, it'll be in November on a weekend. So either Saturday or Sunday, depending, I guess, right? Do they yes, flip flop? They usually do the November one on Saturday nights. That's big, I, Tony. I, I'm, I, you know what? I might have to do it. Now, look, Matt, we split a lot of things to happen. I'll split it with you, Matt. We need AEW to hold this pay-per-view at the Prudential Center, and I need it to be on a Saturday. So, Cocaine Tony Khan, make that happen, big guy. I'm pretty sure that I have it on. Corporate Kevin knows the deal. Multiple I'm, sources have kind of Please, please let the tournament final for the trio's titles be at this show. Please. I, I, don't, I think that's going to be an all-out thing, Tony, in September. Tony, so let me ask you this. Did you have a good time when we went <laughs> – when we went to Ring of Honor at MSG, did you have a good time? I love that show. Until it started to get late. Well, yeah. Well, that's, yeah. I, I, I Listen, I'm not going to begrudge an old man for, for uh, not getting to bed on time. Not going to do that. But let me ask you this, Tony. What do you think would be the difference of your enjoyment for AEW as opposed to that Ring of Honor show? Well, I mean, that Ring of Honor show also had New Japan as part of it. That was a big part of that show. Yeah, but you don't watch New Japan either. But I loved all the shit that went on with New Japan. Okada beating fuckboy Jay White? Yes. Unnecessary. (laughs) Kevin almost fucking spit out my white claw. (laughs) Uh, Ryan Sullivan says uh, they have trios matches all the time. Now they have steaks. Yeah, I have steaks too. It's when I go to Roots Chris. I have a nice fucking delicious steak. Stupid son of a bitch. I knew you were going to do that. Uh, Ryan Sullivan is Tony a wrestling hipster. (laughs) No, that he would love AEW if he was. Yeah, exactly. I'm a stalwart. I don't know what you like, Tony. What wrestling do you like? And also, how many? You know what I like? Yeah, and how many Come trios on. matches in Mexico have you actually watched? Seventeen thousand four hundred and sixty-two. That's pretty good. I know. How many of them were five-star matches? Oh, none of them. They suck. No, I want to dive into this, Tony. Like on a scale of one to ten, like current stuff. Like, what is your favorite? I guess the scale doesn't matter. But on a your current wrestling product, what are you dialed into the most? I think I already know the answer. But well, like, I mean, I'm dialed into NWA. I'm not because I enjoy it. I need, for the to, most I, need part. I need to know why, Tony. I need to know why. It's I need old, to know why you love NWA and you despise AEW. It's old school wrestling. It's listening to Joe Galley and Tim Storm tell a story. It's like watching guys like Tom Latimer, who's never won a hasn't won a fucking belt in forever, and his wife just like, you know, don't worry, sweetie, you'll get it, you'll get it. And fucking watching Camille just destroy bitches. And like I, I don't know, man. I like Scion. I'm all in on Scion. I'm still waiting for that fucker to win a title. He's gonna have a shot against Jack Stain soon because he's the new number one contender. Shit like that, man. 
All right. All right. Listen, that's fine. I'm not gonna not gonna criticize you for your taste. I just want to get in your I want to get in there. I want to get in your brain, man. I want to know why like you despise anything that's not what you've already been. And look, I've liked stuff in AEW. I don't believe you. <laughs> Tell me one thing you've enjoyed about AEW in the last six months. Um, three months, I'll give you maybe. Wow, three months. Have I watched anything on AEW? Exactly. All right, months? so let's go back to six. Uh, I thought the stuff with MJF and CM Punk was good. All right, I, I enjoyed that stuff. I enjoyed, I enjoyed the Adam Page stuff in the beginning. And then they forgot about him for a year. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, the story came full circle. What the fuck's he been doing for a year? I don't know. But at least in the beginning, it was intriguing. At least they were making him like a sympathetic character. Thoughts on the rise of Wardlow? Um, I just wanted to ask Tony AEW questions all night. I'm okay with Wardlow. I, I like how... I like the fact that he was able to just to beat MJF and put an exclamation point on that. Um, first of all, I don't really care for Scorpio Sky either. I'm glad that Wardlow's the TNT champ, and I don't know all the sympathy like Scorpio Sky deserves this and deserves that. Really, who deserves what? <laughs> Seriously, like who deserves what? I deserve to stand next to Sasha Banks. Yeah, exactly. Fuck that shit. This guy gets it. And on top yeah. of that, look, Chris Jericho is a great guy. He's been nothing but good to us, but a lot of the fucking shit that he's involved in. You know what else I'm disappointed in? <laughs> What's that, I'm, buddy? I'm disappointed that our boys that sat in this very studio, proud and powerful, on many occasions, got stuck in fucking Jericho appreciation nonsense shit, never had a tag run, never had a sniff at the titles. And they were like, we're making history, and I feel so bad for those guys. They're not even they're probably not even friends anymore now. What? Like, fucked up. They're they're yeah, dude. Santana's hurt. No, but the, the whole scuttle, but even Conan said, like, they fucking not Conan O'Brien, Conan. Wow, why did I say Conan? Wait, wait, what? They're not they're not pals. That's the word going around, yeah. Well, uh... well wait, how's Santana hurt? He was taking bookings for terminus by himself. No, he got yeah. hurt at blood and guts, too. Uh, see, wait, part of that Jericho shit. Yes. That's what I mean. Uh, that's what I mean. I, I, mean. Do, I, I do notice they take separate bookings every now and then, but that's just whatever. No, word, word is that they just, they're not getting along anymore. Look, I don't know. I haven't spoken to either one of them, but, you know, they're kind of in sliced boogie land. Like, who knows what's going on with them? Oh, sliced boogie land. Uh, now, to, uh, two, two questions for you, Tony. Are All you excited right. for the quake at the lake? No, no, no interest. No, I'm I'm I'm, I'm more into the queef on the beef. I was gonna say that. <laughs> I was totally hundred percent gonna say that. Oh, this is brilliant. I'm sorry, quake by the lake. Excuse me. Queef on the beef. So hold on, T Donk. Let me just I just this is a pretty fucking stacked show, my friend. This is oh, a Oh boy. Is, 
Moxley Jericho for the interim AEW World Champion. <laughs> Solid TV main event. I don't care how yeah, great Jericho great. is. 30 seconds in the ring, and then they're gonna brawl around the arena, and Moxley's gonna cut his face open on a yeah, that, I can finger with, to the I can eye. Do without that. I can do without uh, that. Jade Cargill defends the TBS championship against Madison Rain. Nice. Oh, Jesus Christ, really? Madison Rain, they, they just signed her to be like some sort of coach or some shit. Now they're gonna stick her in the ring with Jade. She wrestled on Rampage. Oh God! Or Battle of the Belts, Rampage, Rampage. Yeah. Uh, Darby Allen, Brody King in a coffin match. I'm okay with that. There you go. I knew I'm that was okay with that. One. Uh, Lucha Brothers against Andrade, El Idolo, and Roosh in a tournament, a tornado tag team match. No tournament, just a tornado tag team match. Uh, that's probably going to have some interesting spots, but. I don't know. A pen, Penta a fucking Umbero, whatever the fuck his name is now. I don't know. I, I, there's there's going to be a lot more botching than there is good stuff in that match, so I, I pass on that one. I mean, wow, really? Yeah, keep going. Come on. Uh, an FTR is set to appear. What do we keep going? Wait, fuck set to George? appear? They're not even going to wrestle on the queef? <laughs> no, they're not They're not wrestling at queef on the beef. Can can we fucking just tell Tony Khan to grow a set of fucking balls and tell whoever it is at the network that doesn't want the fucking Briscoe brothers on their TV to sit the fuck down and shut the fuck up? Oh, Seriously. They're yeah, they're, they're, not, they're, not, they're not allowed to be on like any of the TBS. What do you mean not allowed? They're not allowed. The higher Does Kevin up... listen when we talk on this show? Like I feel like he's missing. No, no, I I, I know the story. I don't think it was ever like mandated or I know. Like, they are not allowed. They're not allowed to be on tbs tnt they don't want them on their tv because of what jay said or whatever back in the day yeah like 15 years ago when he was young and stupid huh yeah exactly huh indeed you're you're fucking you have the gift of one of the greatest tag teams ever that's in a feud with one of the greatest tag teams on the planet right now and yeah we can't even fucking promote the shit come on yeah they can promote it they promoted it before they promoted the ring of honor pay-per-view with that yeah Yeah, the pay-per-view i think they they did the the sit down was part of the youtube thing maybe yeah exactly yeah but like the match graphics they still show yeah of course but they're gonna promote queef on the beef this weekend or this one on the beach beef uh does aubrey edwards does aubrey edwards teach acting classes I don't think so. Yo, I hope all so. you knuckleheads with your Aubrey Edwards hate. That would be Tony. No, no, I didn't mean you. I meant like Tony and others. Ah. Um. Yeah. That's what I've seen on Twitter a lot too lately. And I never noticed it. Well, she until fucking we came up. up. She came up with a male alias to fucking get like copyright strikes against everybody that was posting shit about her. A malleus? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that got me, but it did. <laughs> it's fucking Garifo. He rules. Uh, AEW had a banger of a week, though. Lots of great content out there if you want to check that out. Um, th- Tony, so all this hate for AEW. Any interest in the first ever AEW video game? Yes. The answer is yes. You know what? I I, I saw the videos of it. It looks okay. I'll give it a go. The only okay. thing that's weird is like they put like all these mini games in it too. Like, is it supposed to be like a wrestling game or is it supposed to be like a Mario Party game? Like, like what what are they going for? 
Uh, the description is as followed. Combines nostalgic arcade wrestling feel with innovative all-elite wrestling finishers and offensive moves. Talent roster combines biggest legends to enter the ring, plus brand new high-flying AEW. Wait, 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 wait. Time out. <laughs> what, what legends are going to be gracing their this game with their presence? I would imagine Christian... Sting. The big show. Sting. Oh, so nobody, so nobody like that. They're bringing in for Jake, this. Owen Hart. Ooh, really? Is I that legit? Probably. It's not listed, but I would. You wanted a legend. I just dropped a legend on your. Yeah, head. Arn Anderson, Dean Malenko, Come Jerry on, Lynn. Just dropped a legend on your ass. That was a good one. I, it was good. I'm sorry, Matt. That did not get the love it deserved. Tony, ring the bell. Delayed for Matt. Please. Unintentional. No. It was unintentional too. I'm not, I'm not ringing the bell for that. Was uh, <laughs> single. Tag team, three-way, four-way, ladder, casino battle royal. Oh, are we going to get trios belts in this Unsanctioned lights out, exploding barbed wire death, and online co-op multiplayer matches. Online co-op multiplayer match. Online is a big deal. Tag team matches featuring a sequence of team maneuvers performed with simple commands. $59.99. For all consoles and PC. So Matt, do, are, Tony, are video games still sold like as discs, or is it all downloadable? It's mostly downloads, but they still they still print discs. And I'm sure with something like this, they will do like a deluxe edition disc that comes with a code where you could download. Ooh, DLC. Yes, downloadable content. Awesome. Like different. I'm sure they will. They haven't announced it yet, but I'm sure they will. Who's the uh who's who's it? Ukes? Ukes is doing it, baby. Ah, look at me. And THQ Nordic too, isn't it? Uh no, maybe, yes. I don't have it here on my notes, but you might be right. THQ was the virtual pro wrestling too, no mercy. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mama. Well, THQ, without... It was THQ with the Aki engine. That was the big thing. Yeah, and then and they had the character Aki Man. Yep. I could do without the name of the game. What's it called? Oh, Fight Forever? Fucking hate Yeah, that. you hate that. Yeah, that is kind of dumb. Forever. It is It is stupid. Like, Why not just call it like Dynamite? Right? Or All Elite Wrestling. I don't understand the whole Fight Forever thing. Thank you, JJ Rogue. It is THQ Nordic. Nordic. Yeah, or yeah. Yeah, AEW. How about AEW Video Game? Dynamite would have been just fine. Yeah, Dynamite right? or... AEW, actually, all, Ram- all in. Like I know, Rampage is a, a has a video game lineage, but if you Rampage would be like the ideal name for a video game, AEW Rampage. But it's obviously been done. Fight forever. No one can do anything forever. People, stop yeah. it. That's right. It's a great point. Except for this podcast, forever. We. I feel like we are oh, going to go God, forever. Yes. Terry Funk forever. I right, can we can we do plugs and shit so we can get on with the, with the fucking ECW. I mean, I was, yeah, I want to I do Born to Be Wired. I'm fucking. Uh, but did you want to talk about NWA? Because I had some questions for you. I mean, if you really want, I, I want to know how the fucking main event Tyrus Odin Odinson was. Is this the fucking really gonna make me want to buy a goddamn fucking pay per view? This fat slob, fucking Tyrus against another fat slob. I, never said, I would never say that about Otis. No, I love Murdoch. Uh, no, <laughs> no, no, that was a terrible thing I just said, and I apologize. Booger eater. Because, I mean. Isolate I it. Isolate it for the next open. No, 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 no. I mean, whatever. You, you can call one guy a fat slob. I can't call another guy a fat slob. I, was, I didn't know you were talking about uh, the champ. 
I was talking about the champ, but I'm talking about Odinson, and I would never. Odinson is not a slob. Who's Odinson? Oh, he's uh, he's What's his is he uh, part of uh, Latimer's guy? No, Odinson. he's he's in he's in the end with um. Oh, Paro. With Paro, yes. Yeah, okay, you. that's what I thought. No, no, great guy. I thought you were talking about Murdoch. Look, I don't like it. I I made no bones about it. I'm not crazy about I'm not crazy about fucking changing this up to be Murdoch and Tyrus. Not at all. I don't like here's, it. Here's the review written by <laughs> Josiah McDonald. Had a farm. Odinson tried very hard to make this acceptable, but it was not. Tyrus was horrible here and did <laughs> next to nothing. Look, man, I don't know. I didn't see this match. I am fucking way behind. Like the idea of having to play catch up on WWE, like is giving me anxiety. If they're going to put on a good show that I need to watch, like the, I have no time. There's no time. There's not enough time. There's never enough time. I feel like the bad guy in the mask. There's always time for one more kiss, but I can't get that. Right. No, I'm just rambling here. Like why man? Like, okay. Maybe this guy has a bone to pick with the NWA. Maybe you don't like it. Cause he writes for fucking the wrestling observer. You know, I'm sure there's a hundred holes in this story, but it's not, it's every fucking review of a Tyrus match. I'm going to die on this hill. Why is he getting a fucking title shot? I hope Rikishi runs him over with a car the night before the 74th anniversary match. And hope then he, Paul White comes in. I hope he hits him with the tribal cheeks. Oh. Tony, you're on, a, you're on fire, baby. <laughs> Fucking A, dude. But Matt, no, don't, Matt, you don't have to worry because NWA 74 is being saved. Dude. As much as I tell you I hate the trios belts, I don't like this at all. And I've made no bones about it for the past fucking however many weeks since Billy announced it. I think it sucks. I think I it's know. dog shit. People like, I don't know, Billy, your, your, your buddy, William Patrick, seems to have an affinity for uh, Tyrus the Virus. I talked about it, what, last week, two weeks ago? I mean, he wants his belt on national TV. This is kind of what he's going for. He's got the TV title. He's doing he's fucking spilling his bullshit on fucking Fox News for those fucking sheep. Fox. Really? We're getting into politics now? No, no we're not. They're, they're all it. sheeps. The fucking right, the left, they're all a bunch of idiots. Kevin's right, though. Matt Cardona's coming back, and I'm looking forward to it. He's picking out his own opponent. Oh, great. He's going to wrestle fucking VSK, and he's going to have him finger poke a doom him. That would be incredible. <gasps> As that a bad guy be. move, Matt, tell me that wouldn't be incredible. Or he's going to wrestle Hornswoggle, one of the two. Yeah, well, Hornswoggle's got to make his NWA debut yet, too. Um, didn't Hit like it. Um, it was a lot of Odinson just running with forearms to try to knock him down. It was it was not good. And then Tyrus just kind of swats him away, and he hits him with the heart punch, and that was it. And this punch. happened in like four minutes, dude. This was a, this was a 605 uh, TV title match. So it was under the strictures of the time limits. Interesting. Yeah, it was. It was. Tell me more about. It was good, dude. They they archaic this, wrestling. No, but this this was the first time they've that they've actually followed the six oh five in a long time. Because when they put the shows on pay per view, they go no time limit. And Tyrus just hasn't really been defending the belt. Right. And on top of that, Trevor Murdoch challenged the Pope to a match. So that's going to happen before that's NWA. Tomorrow. tomorrow night. Oh, that's right. Shit. Power is tomorrow night. Look at that. Power. Um, Scion is your new number one contender for the uh, national championship. He beat Rodney Mack. How Rodney Mack got a fucking title opportunity. I don't is know the, is Chris Adonis still the national champion? No, it's Jack Stane. 
Jack Stain, okay. Yeah, yeah he's great. Has he been titles. the champ for a while? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Like Bruno levels? No, not, not uh, even close. Uh, yeah, maybe Bruno Mars levels. Uh, I know they also announced that uh, the women's tag titles will be on the line at night two as Pretty Empowered defend against the Hex. And I know that uh, uh, Max, the Impaler, has been entered into the Burke Invitational. Yeah, good nice. for her. Creepy, creepy broad. God, I hope my schedule is super light that weekend. I would love to watch the NWA 74 shows with you, Tony. <laughs> it almost like harkens back to the days where you would invite like the one time the back in the day when T Donk oh. was still in college. Maybe he had just gotten out. He was doing the lawyer thing. He, him and his lovely wife had a place in I think it was Carney. Matt, you were probably like six. What are you doing going to Tony's? I, I was in my youth. It was I was young. I was young. Uh, but it was like a, it was usually be during the holidays. Maybe uh, there was a little break. So maybe he was free and we would go down there to watch wrestling DVDs. Right. Tony would be like, oh, I got this great DVD. We should watch it. And then he would yell and scream at the TV the whole duration of <laughs> the DVD. Uh, I, I vividly remember us watching the Chris Benoit Hard Knocks DVD. This is pre Chris Benoit murdering yeah. his family. I own it. I also own a copy. Uh, Tony, uh, he's like, uh, it was great when I got to win the title at uh, Madison Square Garden. Tony's like, it's fucking fake. This fucking bitch is crying. What a fucking asshole. Shut the fuck up. We're trying to fucking watch this thing. We got the fucking somber music. He's telling this very heartfelt story. Show clubs of him and Eddie. Tony's going, it's fucking fake. You fucking hand job. Just every DVD. You guys want to watch? The Monday Night Wars? You want to watch uh, that the WCW? We're like, yeah, we'll check it out, Tony. He's like, look at this fucking loser! This fucking asshole! <laughs> Clearly, some things never change. Uh, I miss it. I miss it. Yeah, those are good times. Lie. Those are good times. Uh, Kevin, um, I know you said you tried to catch up on Impact. Did you, uh, anything, uh, did you have a chance? Didn't get through it all. Um, okay. But I uh, I watched the first I think like hour and to me like impact is, well not the first hour the first like the first few matches uh I watched uh, the virtuosa and I'm gonna I'm gonna miss Madison Rain if she's gone from Impact I'm gonna miss her <laughs> there you go Tony um, <laughs> but uh but Impact to me like as much as I love it it's like the same rotation of a small roster that just goes every single week. I really think they need some sort of injection. I don't know what it is, uh, but uh, they just need something. I can't stand the Taya, Rosemary, uh, Jessica story. To me, that's just like, it's just too out there for me. Uh, I did see, only because it was the second match on the show, I did see Brian Myers beat Black Turus, uh, Turus Hogan, to retain right. his digital media championship, but... Then he got, uh, oh God, what, what's it, Gurjev, Ger, uh, the new guy that they got. Oh, Bahupinder. Yeah, it's a, they got a new guy that who's they're trying to push, and he's eventually gonna beat Brian for the uh, for the for the digital media world championship. But uh, he came in, they all beat the crap out of him. Uh, and then I, I think they were doing like a a five man tag between the club. See, that's the thing, like the Bullet Club and, and Honor No More. Like, I don't know more was like the injection that they needed. Kenny Omega right. was the injection that they needed. 
Kenny, they need Kenny. another one. Because even though Impact, the audience, I think, rised last week after Impact, <clears throat> after the when the ratings came out, it the, the ratings went up. It's just they need something. I don't know. It's probably well, I'm sorry, go ahead. I think I think that has to do with them tape like this, they're taping like four weeks at Eclipse. So yeah, they, you know, like Ace Austin was doing the best of the super junior, so he was gone for four weeks, and now like I know the Good Brothers are no longer under contract, so like this, what you're seeing is like the last of them. Um, but then like emergences this weekend, so then yeah. we'll do another set of tapings, and then that'll lead up to. Uh, I thought I had the schedule in here, but I don't. I know they have like a bunch of shit lined up because Bound for Glory is taking place on a Friday night in October in Albany, New York. Oh, is that something we have to pick? Yeah, yeah. Bound for Glory. We don't have to pick Emergence. Bound for Glory, we definitely have to pick. That's October, Tony. You got time. Yeah, you got plenty of time, T Donk. Plenty of time. Emergence is this weekend, though. You have uh, Josh Alexander, Alex Shelley, That's uh, cool. Jor- Jordan Grace, Mia Yim for the Knockouts Championship. Yeah. Uh, I guess uh, Mike Bailey or Rocky Romero versus Jack Evans. I guess they're having a match this week, Mike Bailey and Rocky. Okay, this Thursday probably, yeah. Yeah. Uh Taya and Rosemary defending their titles against Chelsea Green and Deanna Parazu. Great tag team. That's they're like the iconics, but like the iconics were great, but Chelsea and um and Deanna are like like total like hateable people. Yeah. No, so it's I so get good. It. Uh Bullet Club against uh Honor No More. If Bullet Club wins, Honor No More must disband. If Honor No More wins, they earn a tag title shot. Yeah. Which is silly. Because it's like a ten man tag, and the only reward is that Bennett and Taven get a tag title shot. Uh, Bandito Ray Oris, Sammy Callahan, Steve Macklin. Yeah, good feud. And uh, Joe Doring and Diener against Saban and Kushida. Saban okay. and Kushida. Yeah, nice. I liked it. And again, I didn't get a chance to watch all of Impact, but I I, I did my best. I did. Uh, I really wanted to make sure I saw that Lex Luger biography. How was that? Amazing. So good. Like, n- nothing news breaking, but to hear him talk about, and I don't know if he's done it in the past, but to hear him talk about the events surrounding what actually happened with Elizabeth was like gut wrenching, but like also like cleansing at the same time because he did everything that he possibly could despite whatever state he was in. And uh, it was, it, it was just. Really, I wanted to make sure I watched it because I, I don't know if this was the same thing that was supposed to be on the network like years ago. Right, that Legends thing, right? Yeah. So I don't know if it's the same thing. I don't know if it's completely different producers or a completely different angle, but it was it was so cool. And the fact that Lex Luger like completely like changed his life for the better. And dude, Lex Luger, freaking big freaking star, man. Like that that U.S. Express, like that Lex, Lex Express, like intrepid stuff. And the fact that they never pulled the trigger with him in 93 at SummerSlam was just, I think, criminal to me. Because at that time, who couldn't get over in WWE? You put the right. belt on somebody, you play them with the, an American flag, you're good to go. You beat the monster Japanese hated dude. And you would have been made in the shade, bro. So yeah, I feel like he was always like a victim of circumstances. Like, he's like, he's like, he has the look, right? I think, and I think that's the thing that, that I think that's the thing that hurts him. Like his early NWA WCW run, like 
he's doing his thing, right? And then Flair leaves and he gets like kind of put in there with Sting and Wyndham and he's like yeah. face, heel, face, heel. He's flipping and he's flopping all yeah. the time. Same thing happens in WWE. He's the narcissist. The narcissist. Um, I, I hate it when, when Bobby Heenan announced him like that. I hated it. And then, uh, and then we get the Lex Express, and then he shows up on Nitro, and then he's in the Dungeon of Doom, but he's best friends with Sting. Like he was always yeah. flip flop, but he always looked like a million bucks, and he was a huge star. So, man, Tony, you'll appreciate Tony. You'll appreciate this. His uh, when 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 Ric Flair took the big gold belt, they didn't have the WCW World Championship yet, so they just like rigged like a crazy fake belt. With like a a big like bronze or gold nameplate. Oh, I know. It was the old Florida belt. I know that for sure. Dude, that was I, I. I'm sure I knew it at one time, but when I saw it again, I was like, "Wow, that belt is ugly." Yeah, because they just slapped world champion on the- yeah on like a weird plate. The, it, the plate probably already existed for something else, and they just probably scotch taped it on there. <laughs> they sure did. That's right. Yeah, but I, I would go out of I'm, those. Those I, I think I've only watched like one other A and E WWE show in this run, and that was the Brett Sean rivalries. Okay, but I'm gonna go back and watch them all because they're really well done. I mean, again, you're not learning anything that you probably haven't already known unless you're like young. But it there's still like get getting perspective on Lex Luger from like Kevin Nash or like uh, Jim Cornette is is pretty cool. To, to see how they all uh, talk about him. And I'm sure that's the same way with all the other ones that they've done. You have unique perspectives that you've never necessarily heard uh, unless they have a podcast. So I like that. Yeah. I got I want to check it out. I'll probably get what, you know, it's starting to, things are going to start to slow down for me. So I'm sure I'll have a couple days where I can just fucking lay on the couch and watch a and E biographies um, back to back to back to back to back to back to back and belly to belly. That's it. Um, one more piece of news before we do our Wizards Rewind. Um, Tony, this might interest you. I don't know. Uh-oh. But Vice TV, they've officially announced its new Tales from the Territory series. Ooh, I, I'm kind of interested in this. So it was revealed today that Tales from the Territories will premiere on Vice TV at 10 o'clock Eastern on Tuesday, October 4th. What's up first? Uh, the series is from the Dark Side of the Rings uh, crew and Dwayne the Rock Johnson's Seven Bucks production. Um, yeah, that's the thing that like Jim Ross and Jake the Snake and Ted DiBiase and all kind of did like a panel for, right? Uh, yes, think so. Yes, uh, he revealed on his podcast that he was going to be involved in a Tales from the Territories episode, looking back at Mid South with Jake, Michael Hayes, and DiBiase. <laughs> That's right. Um, he said, they said, stay tuned. Interviews with Bret Hart and Abdullah are featured in the trailer for the Tales from the Territory. Uh, they have not um, announced who they're doing first. They also wanted to let you know that um, Vice did not cancel Dark Side of the Ring. They're committed as ever to the Dark Side series. So um, it's got to do a better job, man. What's shady? I mean, that's what that's what those things are. You know, they're you don't want. You know, you can't. Those, they're, yeah. No, gotcha. They're all those documentaries are like that. But <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> Tony just completely 
threw up a, a picture on our YouTube. If you're not subscribed to YouTube, uh, youtube.com, The Shining Wizards, <laughs> subscribe and you will see. Uh, it is Jeff Jarrett and Buzz Beetlejuice. Jonathan Gresham. And the caption says, Jonathan Gresham and Jeff Jarrett backstage, backstage at Ric Flair's last match, <laughs> July 31st, 2022. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, JJ right. Rowe. Well played, well played slap nuts. Um, uh, well, let's take a minute to uh, thank our Patreons over here. Let's blow through this really fast. I don't want to take an extended commercial break. I hope you guys don't mind. But we do we have time to? I don't know. I don't know what that sound was, but I guess we do. Uh, so if you are listening to this or you are uh, interested in, let's take that off the screen. So we'll lift that up. Hide it. Be gone. Uh, if you are enjoying the show, uh, if you're one of our lovely listeners, if you want to help support the podcast, you can do that for as little as $1 a month over at our Patreon, patreon.com slash wizards uh, podcast. And for $1 a month, you can uh, support the Wizards podcast. $3 a month is your best value. Uh, that gives you access to all of our bonus content, not just the stuff that we made you know, let's say you sign up today on August 8th. You don't just get the stuff we make after August 8th. You get the whole catalog, which includes profile pieces, um, us talking about shows uh, like pay-per-views. Um, I know we've done some WCW ones. We did the the, the wrestling classic as our first one, some ECW ones. Uh, there's um, great stuff that we just recorded down in Tony's. We all got together. Uh, we took a couple fan questions from our Discord uh, which is on our link tree. So if you want to be part of our Discord, just go to at Wizards Podcast on Twitter, click that link tree button, subscribe to all the fun stuff, follow us, and then jump in the Discord. Uh, we're taking questions there. So we did a bonus episode where we answered the Discord questions. We did a crossword puzzle, um, which was a zinger. Uh, and we did a um, we did kind of a, a, a topic on uh, best and worst uh heel and face turns not necessarily i think it was just the worst actually uh if my memory serves me correct worst worst turns we each gave a top five list of the worst turns that we thought in wrestling history in terms of we didn't feel like they paid off so uh that's available at the three dollar tier five dollars a month will plug your social ten dollars and above we get all the perks and you are entered into a monthly raffle, and that allows you to actually be a part of the show, like legit sit in on the show. Ryan Sullivan, Ryan Schlong from the Mark Order Podcast, he was the winner last week. We picked it live on the show right before Can You Beat That. Now Ryan has a chance to sit in on an interview. He gets to pick a Wizards Rewind uh, and sit in for that. Uh, maybe he wants to be part of Can You Beat That Challenge, or maybe he wants to do a crossword puzzle. He gets to pick what he gets to do in September, uh, and you can too if you're at $10 and above uh, on the Shining Wizards Patreon. Uh, we'll pick a, a winner every month, and then we'll reach out to you, and we'll set it up, and and uh, we'll see where we are. Ryan is still waiting to see our guest list for September. I'm still working on putting that together, and if we uh, can't find something there. I think he's going to pick the rewind for September. No, I, I hate to be the spoiler, but I think that's the route we're going. So at this time, we're going to thank those that support us over at our Patreon. Kathy Hummer, the queen of the Shining Wizards. Manny Carazzo, the king of the Wizards. Danny Russinello, uh, at not Danny Russ on the Twitter machine. Anthony Russinello, Sean Toe, Sean Calejo, 
uh, Kate the Great Hensler over there at uh, at Miss Kate Fabe on the Twitter machine. She's also doing Sour Graps Tuesday night, Mark Order podcast a Wednesday night, and the SmackDown uh, Rampage Fightful post show Friday nights. Plus, if you follow her on social, you can see where she's making other guest appearances. Uh, Matt Garifo at Hudat Matt eighty one. Uh, football season's upon us, and he is a Saints fan. So be sure to send your Saints hate to Matt. Who dat Matt eighty one, uh, Maddie Mellinger, Christine Friesendorf, uh, Mark Parloni. Happy birthday, Mark! Jake Cop, the big cop of pump. Uh, Thomas Cops, the Mott Spock at High Five Tom on the Twitter machine. He's doing the Marking Out podcast. He's doing the ROH Revelry podcast. So if you want to jump back in the time machine, check out old Ring of Honor shows. High Five Tom is your guy, and he's doing it with William Mercier Jr. Uh, Michael Hammond, Matthew Birch. Braden Bergen uh, at Enfuego30 on Twitter. He's our number one fan from Iowa. Uh, Brendan Haney, who was uh, Can You Beat That Challenger last week. Uh, Ryan Schlong uh, at Mark Order Pod every Wednesday night talking AEW. Asian Joe. David Henry Bauer III, his pal Antonio Horseman, makes experimental music at Harvestman Records, 856.bandcamp.com backslash music. Mike Peterson at LOL Mike Peterson. Rob Humphrey. I dunk biscuits. The Daily Smark, dailysmark.com, at the Daily Smark on Twitter. The Daily Smark helps you find the latest wrestling news along with up to the minute daily podcasts. Don't forget, we deliver YouTube videos to keep you in the loop. Uh, next week's third mic, Kevin Rogue. He's doing at Year of Pod. He's doing the uh, Too Old for This Shit podcast, T O T S Pod, which actually won a um, prize package from them because they picked my question. Uh, to as their best question of the week. And they sent me uh Razor Ramon Funko Pop, a GameStop exclusive, and a Bret Hart figure, uh, along with a bunch of stickers and shit. So I thought that was super cool. So check out TOTS Pod uh, and of course Year of Pod, which Kevin does where they're going through WCW nineteen ninety seven. At JJ Rogue Means is his Twitter handle. So check him out. And last but certainly not least, uh, he has a Twitter account at W Mercier Jr. The one, the only William Mercier Jr. Lives are going to be in William Mercier's hands. You know what I mean? Kevin, I know what you mean. You always do. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you guys so much. That's right. Thank you, everyone, for supporting the Shining Wizards podcast. And please, if if you can uh, tell your friends and if you're listening to this uh, and you are uh, in a position where you uh, don't have the extra money. It's understandable. Uh, likes, retweets, sharing, telling people, uh, wrestling Facebook groups, wrestling Twitter groups, whatever. Spread the word. Uh, that costs you nothing but a few seconds of your time just to press a fun little button on social media, and we appreciate that. Uh, gentlemen, I um, I was pretty excited about this, and I threw it out there uh, like a month ago. Um, August 8th, let's do a Wizards Rewind. Let's do ECW's Born to be Wired. Uh, it was the first time I was ever at an ECW show. Uh, I hold this show in very high regard uh, up until last week. Um, <laughs> um, you guys are crazy. Uh, um, I don't know. So, okay. 
So we went into the Wizardry Wine Machine. We went back to August 9th, 1997 at the ECW Arena, uh, born to be wired a week out from Hardcore Heaven 1997. Um, this was my first trip there. I was super excited. And when I saw the date come up, I said, we should do this. I have not watched this show. I don't think I've ever watched the whole show until this week. Good boy. Yeah. The main event I've seen several times. It was on ECW's uh, most violent matches of ECW WWF DVD that they put out in 2005. Um, but uh, I've never actually watched the whole match. And I have, and I was trying to find it Saturday morning when I was talking to you guys in the text message about, I have a picture and I think it's a Lance Storm Tommy Rogers match. I don't know what fucking show that was from. Wasn't this one? No, it wasn't this one. My like my memory of this show is something else. Well, I I know I've seen it before, and I don't know if that was like a homemade tape trading VHS or uh I definitely didn't watch it live, but I don't in in our text, you guys were shit canning the show, and I absolutely loved it. I just uh 1997 is a weird time for ECW because they've just, you know, we're always like the money's in the chase. Like I think ECW, the money was in the chase for ECW for barely legal, right? Like we were all like, let's get that. We were all on board. Okay. A little engine that could get that pay-per-view, right? Get that barely legal. And then it happened. And it was just like, I always used to make fun of the professor for this. Like, it didn't look dingy. The lights made the, the, the ring look too bright. Like it just didn't watching this back. It did not feel special to me. All right. So I wasn't as invested in ECW as you probably were at the time. So to me, like as we, as we were kind of talking with, uh, with Kyle earlier about independent wrestling shows, about being isolated shows to me, I looked at this as an isolated show with not really knowing uh, all the stories off the top of my head. I had to, I had to go back and do some digging and, and I do remember it. And actually, but first of all, but Tony, that link that you sent, like I, I, I didn't, I didn't realize it was the fourth one down on the playlist. So I spent over an hour and a half watching the wrong show. <laughs> so like, what show did you end up watching? The, the first, whatever popped up, it was like Ricky Morton versus Stevie Richards. It was, uh, um, it was like doc. I was like, Wait, I don't remember Ricky Morton versus Stevie Richards on this show. And I also don't remember Dr. Death wrestling twice. Once against Ian Ro Axel Rotten and then against Raven. It was, I think it was the, the night the line was crossed too. Or the we crossed the line again. I think that's what it came up as. And I'm like, wait, I don't remember. And th there was like, God, what other match? There was like some other. The first match was so freaking weird. I was like, how is this on pay-per-view? Like, how is crossing, this crossing the line again? Louis Spicoli beats Mike Awesome. Lance oh, Storm beats Balls Mahoney. Big Steve yes. Cool beats Ricky Morton. Yeah, I'm watching Lance Storm versus Balls Mahoney. Like, what the fuck? And then the next show I watch, when I actually start watching the right show, Balls Mahoney's on this show. Still short haired balls. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Short hair balls. Ball. Got our name of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Write that down. 
but I, I you guys said like the main event was like the best the main event was probably like and I know we'll we'll get there, we'll dive through it all, but that was like my least favorite part of the show. Really? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, maybe I'm getting older. I don't know. Like maybe it's just like my taste has changed, but oof. It, it's I not watch easy. It. it was hard to watch. It's not an easy watch. Yeah. And this the the version we watched, this was the home video version from ECW. Because yeah, it had then, all like the, the 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 scratchy jump cuts in between the matches and stuff. What about the music, Tony? What? See, that's the other thing. Like, I think, I think at least Paul Heyman had the sense where he couldn't play copyrighted music in a video that he was selling to the home market. But if you listen carefully, there's parts where you actually hear right. the music. I'm pretty sure uh, halfway. Was it Spike's entrance where you hear Highway to Hell for a little bit? Yeah, and you hear uh, Welcome to the Bam Bam. You hear Welcome to the Jungle yeah, too a little bit. There, there, there's a couple of times where it sneaks in there. But yeah, like the overdubbed music was was probably on par with the WWE overdubbed shit. Um, there's even a part, I know we're, we're getting ahead, but uh, when New Jack finally made his appearance. Yeah, what the fuck was that? Where you actually would hear at the very end of it, Natural Born Killers was playing. Like it played out like the last like minute of that that part of the but, video. But what was the music that was playing throughout the entire thing that was and New Jack wasn't even remotely close to the ring with Cronus yet? Like what the, what the hell was that? Some music that they must have found that they but, could don't have to get the rights to. But why would they know. play it if New Jack wasn't even remotely close to coming into the ring? I know, God, we're jumping ahead. I'm sorry. But. Probably because they didn't know how to edit. I don't know. Was it, wasn't Feinstein doing all the editing on these videos for them? We do not speak of that man's name. I yeah. think so. I think I think these were all our video productions. Interesting. I think. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, I think so at the time, yes. Well, so there you go. That explains that. <laughs> um, We start with the little Guido. With Tommy Rich and Tracy's mothers, the FBI, always a good time. Yeah. Yep. Against Pablo Marquez. Pablo Escobar, baby. Uh, who was also a Puerto Ricano. And right. Ubas. And an Ubas. Or uh, <laughs> yes, Ubas, Abu, Babu. Did, has, did Pablo did he have like a, a history in ECW, or is that just it was he just a guy that they brought in? Yeah, so he was he, Puerto Ricano. He was a Puerto Ricano. <laughs> That's right. Uh, he challenged for the ECW television title a few times. Uh, he had his first major loss against Stevie Richards at November to remember 95. Oh, wow. um, December to December 95, uh, he lost to Taz, which is where that, that head, and, head and neck Tazplex that you always see in the opening comes from. Uh, he also lost to Bruiser Mastino. Oh, God. Holiday Hell 95. Legendary. Um, I don't know who Spiro Greco is, but he lost to him at CyberSlam 96. Spiro Greco. <laughs> uh, he had a no contest with Supernova at Hostile City Showdown 96. All right, so he's been around. And he lost to Louis at Heatwave 96. And then, Lolaith Louis? Uh, Louis Spicoli, my oh. apologies. Oh. Uh, and then after that, in 1997, he started appearing by his real name. Pablo Escobar. Uh, which... Here's here's so wait 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 time out hold up he was Rico Frederico head trainer at Malenko's Wrestling Academy he was Bobby Blaze's tag partner there you go 
that's who uh, Spiro Greco was. Bobby Blaze? No, Rico Frederico. Rico Frederico. <laughs> Nico Maestro? <laughs> so this show takes place on August 9th. That's right. A week later is when he debuts on Sunday Night Heat as Abu. Well, there you go. Wait, Pablo was uh, was he Tiger Ali Singh's manager? Yes. Yeah, he was the he was the Abu. He was the one who. Oh my god! Uh, he did the the weird thing right on on. I don't remember, but I remember Abu. He was the manservant. He was doing degrading things. He did the fucking one thing on Sunday Night Heat, right? That's, I mean, that's all that Tiger Ali Singh was ever on. Yeah. So uh, him and Little Guido go six minutes. I mean. What What about Tommy Rich's promo? Did he say anything of relevance before that? Did he Was he a dick? I, I think he was a dick. I think he dropped a couple F-bombs. Yeah. Nice. Now, I, again, a good opening match. Get the crowd juiced up. Get them warmed up. Pablo Escobar is clearly, he knows what he's doing. And little Guido is little Guido. Now, was FBI? How long has the FBI been around at this point, Matt? Ninety-seven. Uh, well, this version, the FBI has been around since like right. what, 95, 96? Because they had him, yeah. and uh, it was um, it was Guido and JT Smith. JT Smith, yeah. And then it morphed into this version, and then we got the version with like Big Guido. Yeah, but th- I feel like th- like Tracy and 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 Guido were probably the best. And Tommy Rachel oh, for probably sure. the best version. Well, Tracy and Tracy and uh, Little Guido tag team champions a few times. Yeah, that's probably the best until until the days of Chuck Palumbo and uh, Johnny Stamboli. Oh Jesus! I, I liked when they brought in Tony Mamaluke. Yeah, well, well, they brought yeah, they in Tony Mamaluke after he was in WC. No, no, he was in ECW first, and then they brought him in to do the Mamalukes, and he was what Tony Marinara, or was he Tony Marinara in ECW? No, he was Tony Mamaluke in ECW. Yeah, and he was Tony Marinara in WWE. They brought him in to manage Stamboli and Vito. Uh, and then they beat the shit out of Disco Inferno or something like that. Tony, do you have any idea what I'm talking about? <clears throat> no, I do. I'm just a little confused. All right, so he was Tony Mamaluke and he teamed with Guido. WCW yeah. signed him and he was Tony Marinara. And you like- got to flip him. He was in WCW first. Okay. All right. So he was That's where I was getting confused. Yeah. All right. So I was wrong. But then like like Disco Inferno apparently owed the Mama Luke's a whole lot of money. So like he made yeah, them they, like they, they put them like, in the trunk of the car. They kidnapped. Yeah, something like that. Uh, everyone in WCW ended up in the trunk of a car. <laughs> but it was cool because th- there was a point in ECW in later years where the bright spots of the tag division were um the yeah. fbi yeah and it was uh mikey whipwreck and tajiri yep. and then who it was it was the two it was super crazy and somebody else well, well super crazy and tajiri ended up being ta- a, t- a tag team i think too right no there was another there was three tag teams around well, that time I mean, is are we talking about christian york and joey matthews at this no, point? no no i thought no. i thought it was two two guys that would be like in the mexicals later now uh, i mean psychosis i mean not, not psychosis um God, who was it? it? Well, Super Crazy and Tajiri definitely were a team, I think. Am I wrong? Matt? They were a team. Um, uh, they they were a team at November to Remember 99. So who could Tony be thinking about? 
What, all right, so if it's not Christian, uh, um, um, if it's not Christian York and Joey Mercury, was it, was it Kid Cash? Maybe Kid Cash was definitely in the team, but who was he with? Um, Easy Money, right? Easy Money and Julio De Niro were a team. No, I thought there was a team with. I, I thought the same was, person. They could be. I the thought same Super person. Crazy was teamed up with somebody during this stretch. I could uh, be wrong. Okay, so here we go. It looks like he filled. He substituted for Mikey Whipwreck. So he teamed. It was Tajiri and him against the FBI. Okay. And then it looks like Kid Cash. Uh, or no, uh, Super Crazy brought in Kid Cash as his mystery partner against the Unholy Alliance in a tag team match at Massacre on 34th Street on December 3rd. Who was the Unholy Alliance? The Unholy Alliance was uh, Tajiri and Mikey. Okay, so Super Crazy brought in Kid Cash to face. Yes. And that's when like, Jim Mitchell was there, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Crazy and Cash were a tag team on the last ECW pay per view. Easy Money and Julio De Niro were definitely a team, though. Unless, again, unless they're the same person, but I don't think they are. Uh, Julio De Niro and Easy Money were hot commodity. Yeah, there, you go. there you go. All right. Look at us. Rabbit Hole City, baby. Always, baby. Uh, all right. So, uh, Little Guido <laughs> wins. It's fine. It's nothing to write home about. Yeah. Uh, Mikey Louie, Mikey Whipwreck Louis Spicoli is our next match. I, my memory of the Louis Spicoli imitating Tommy Dreamer thing is so murky. And I know yeah. we did a profile piece on Louis uh like last year. Yeah. Like he's be. still like here in this match and I feel like he has not been in ECW for that long at this point. It's so funny that you mentioned that because the show that I accidentally watched for like an hour, like Louis Spicoli's in the ring with Paul Heyman and the entire roster is there like touting that they're gonna be on pay-per-view. And Luis Piccoli has like bleach blonde hair. He's got like actual wrestling gear on. And then, then I see him, excuse me. And then I, I see him like actually in this match and he's actually dressed exactly like Tommy Dreamer. And he kept that look. Even when he went to WCW, he kept that look uh, for, for a while. So I, I enjoyed this match, but this was the, probably the one that I could, I could do without if I had to pick one. So. I don't know how you guys felt about it. It was it was weird seeing, and and uh, weird seeing him like in that in that gear because I was because Tommy Dreamer literally wore the same exact gear like except minus the shirt like later later on. Okay, okay. So this is the this match is his last ECW match before he goes Spicoli. to WCW. Yeah, before he goes to WCW. So this is after his feud with Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer's already beat him in an extreme death match, an I quit match. He's lost two matches to Taz for the television title. He is losing on his way out. He lost a fucking Dr. Tom Pritchard at a house show in Asbury Park, New Jersey. So uh, <laughs> month before this. So like normally oh. like you say like once you leave the territory you do the right thing and put somebody else over, but like Luis Piccoli should have probably would have lost those matches anyway, even if he wasn't leaving. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. Luis Piccoli was Rad Radford. He wasn't anything to write home about. And he got lucky and went to WCW because he got, you know, pills for everybody. Sadly. Sadly. Exactly. I'm not hey, trying, don't trying you to disrespect the legacy. Of no, Madonna's I'm not. I, I'm a, I was a big, I was a big Spicoli guy. I loved Rad Radford. 
I love that character. I loved him in as Scott Hall's lackey in, in WCW. Uh, when Worlds Collide, Triple A, Madonna's boyfriend. Oh, oh yeah. wow. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Tony, thoughts on the match? Anything you want to add? It was fine. I was kind of surprised that Mikey pulled out the win, to be honest with you, but there it was. There was. Mikey took a fucking heinous bump to yes. the outside as this yes. match was coming to a close. Jesus. Then he wonders why he's in fucking pain every day. My God. Oh, we could say that about just. No, I understand, but dude, like he, he, there's no way he didn't come down on the back of his head. No way. There's a lot of spots on this show that were like, ooh, fa. No, but that one, that one yeah. could have been the worst, unless something refreshes me later on. That is that, was that, did he, is that when he, did he do a dive? Yep. To the outside and he like, yep. right in the guardrail and literally like, yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Oofaloo. Oofaloo is indeed. Yeah. Uh, from there we go to Spike and, and Bam Bam. Now this this was their second match at the arena. No, this is the first match. Yeah, this because the, the second one is when Bam Bam does the. Okay, all right. right? It's got to be because yes, yes, because that because I was like I was oh. expecting that in this. Well, so was I. So was I. I was like, oh, maybe we'll get to see me. Oh, see, that's what I thought too. I'm like, we're gonna see Dickhead in this show, and then because that's where we were. That's we we were in the section that he threw Spike into the next time around. Yes, in uh, September, as good as it gets. Uh, I thought this was fine. They told uh, the storytelling was good. Spike takes a fucking pounding, man. Yeah, he does. Uh, But he steals a win from Bam Bam, which was a huge upset at the time. And then they were really building up, like we're gonna announce. his uh, opponent at uh, Hardcore Heaven 97 next. Yeah, and this was like the, the first match where out of uh, out of the whole show where like when you guys kind of said like the main event was the only thing worth watching. And I was like, wait, did you guys not watch Bam Bam versus Spike? Like this match was awesome. And Spike getting that roll up upset, like that's like underdog city. That's like giant killer. Like, right? That's where Spike became the giant killer almost. Right, because he was the original giant killer. Well, that I mean that that's that's what uh, Joey Styles was calling him too. He called him the giant killer, no? Yeah, and Joey Styles did a great job on this show too. By the way, Joey, Joey Styles always does an excellent yeah. job. Absolutely agreed. Um, Candido Chetty loved it. I never could get. Uh, I was never into Chris Chetty. Love Douglas. Love Douglas. Love Francine. Uh, love the triple threat, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It was there just... were times where I thought Chris Candido was gonna. I mean, oh, why did I say Douglas Candido? Yeah, I got you. I understood, but like Candido, like he 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 took an arm drag that literally like he like almost flew to the freaking moon and landed on his head, and then like there was like a a, a German suplex from Chetty that also almost looked like that Candido was gonna freaking break his neck, but. It was real. It made Chetty look good. Chetty, I thought Chetty was great in this match. Granted, I had to wait till I heard the ring announcer say who he was because it's been a million <laughs> years since I've seen Chris Chetty. I mean, I kind of knew, but like I wasn't sure. But dude, I loved it. I thought this was like I'm saying. Bam Bam Spike was probably my favorite match on the show. This is probably my second favorite. I'm a I'm a Candido guy too, so that could be it. Candido's fantastic. This is this is great candido stuff i just could uh i don't know and he gave he gave he clearly gave chetty a lot like oh Ch- he made chetty look great 
and I don't know how long Chetty has been in the business at this point, so I don't even know if he's a veteran, if he's a rookie, if he's a... He's the rookie Chris Chetty, first graduate of the ECW House of Hardcore. In 97? Ever. Okay. But how long is he... How Do, how, do we know how I long don't. He, I don't... Yeah, you go. Yep. You know. Yep. No, I got you. He looked good. I, th- I love this match. This was, my, like I said, my spot... My, Spike and Bam Bam is probably my favorite, and then this one is probably my second favorite. Taz's nephew. Cousin. Cousin? Cousin? Matt, cousin, nephew, do you remember? Uh, I don't. I think it's cousin. Matter. I think they put him as his cousin. Let's see. what. Let's see. Let's look at his cousin. That's all right. I could definitely be wrong. Ba, 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 ba. Chris Chetty. He's the cousin of Taz. There you go. There you go. There you go. Uh, Taz betrayed me when he announced he was a Buffalo Bills and a Green Bay Packers fan. You can't be too, you can't do that, Taz. Uh, next, Shane Douglas, Lance Storm. The promo before the match was was great. Any any Shane Douglas promo was great, I think. I was, uh, Shane Douglas drops too many F bombs. He, he didn't drop to like three to like the, the very end. Like fucking, when he told the fucking, fucking, fucking. No, he said, earn your money, you announcer. Earn your effing money, you announcer. And then you dropped two at the end, if I remember correctly. Maybe three. But I would have loved to see that Shane Douglas. I know he went to WCW and whatever, Radicals or uh, Revolution, whatever the fuck they were called. But I would have loved to see this Shane Douglas in the Attitude Era and WWE. Would have freaking loved it. Yeah. No, absolutely. I'm with you. I thought this was a fine match. Um, and Shane Douglas comes out on top. I don't have any anything too exciting. Another another great match. Another solid, solid wrestling match, which is, what, again, which is like, I'm like three for three on what st- uh, on stuff that I enjoyed in the ring. It's, it's Yeah, I, I, you know, just the way I romanticized the show, I just felt like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> my memories versus the reality are two completely different it's things. probably because the main event was so batshit crazy and wild that everything else kind of seems less than i mean I'm, I'm not trying to get inside your head but this is me trying to get inside your head i know i get it uh next was the ecw world television title uh taz versus al snow i really enjoyed this and i yep. loved the fu- this is like the TV. precursor yeah the crazy ass al snow baby no head, still in the Leaf Cassidy outfit. They're all chanting fucking Leaf, Leaf Cassidy. That's not my fucking name. Rockers, rockers chants going on and shit. Oh, speaking of chants, Francine got freaking nailed with chants in during the match with Shane Douglas. Like, sure she all right. Did. She, what, like she, and so did Guido, by the way. <laughs> like, Guido got like Guido SD chants, and Francine yeah, got. Shane Tony, Douglas you can got, say it if you want. I'm Shane Douglas got word. little dick. What? They, they called Shane Douglas is getting the little chick, the little dick chance too. Oh, I didn't, I didn't hear that. I thought Francine was getting. She's got like the she's got herpes, which was his, which is that's like the harmless of the heart of like the bad things. But then they started with the, with the disease dick. that was like the most like deadly thing in the nineties. Little dick, little dick. No, they were chanting HIV at her. That's like you don't like that's like over the line to me. Like because ah. in the 90s, that was fucking deadly, bro. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. 
anyway, back to the match. Taz is gonna kill you. Yep. Taz is gonna kill you. And dude, just seeing Taz standing in the corner with his arms crossed, just smirking when he heard the chant. He was uh, loving that shit. But I loved this Al Snow because I, at this time, I was still confused as to what... Because he was still kind of in WWE at this point. Because he was wearing his new Rockers gear. Well, of course. No, he was always in WWE. Yeah. He was just on loan. So it was like... I lo- I, I love the new Rockers. I love the new Rockers. I, I so like the like, finish... Uh, it was Al Snow kind of slipped out of the Katahajime, you know, and then I forget how he flipped around, and then Taz just slapped it on him again and took him down, and that was it. So there was that little bit of hope yep. that Al Snow was going to get away with one there, again, and then he got caught. Another another plus in the book, baby. This was a great show. I'm I'm going to turn you guys on this, baby. I, you know what? It's starting to work. I don't know if I'd go great, but there there was a lot of stuff that was pretty solid on this show. Dude, even all right, I don't know if this is the next match, Matt, but the Dudleys versus Balls Hack and Axel, is it not the next match? It is, but I do want to give you a little Leaf Cassidy Al Snow tidbit. Uh he had worked his last house show in July of 97, losing to Scott Taylor, okay. only to come back in September of 97 for the WWF one night only pay-per-view in England where he lost to Tiger Ali Singh. Well, there you go. And Babu. Got to bring in the Bing Guns. The big the Bing Guns. guns. The, the Bing Guns. The Biggins. The Biggins. Was that uh, Married with Children? <laughs> got to copy of Biggins. Biggins. Yeah, you got to bring in the Big Guns when you go to the UK. You got to bring in uh, Lee Cassidy, baby. And oh. Tiger, Tiger Jets. Yeah, and Tiger, I I Tiger I Leasing. Um, yeah. So Kevin, your next match is it starts off as Bubba and Devon against the Hardcore Chair Fringing Sweeks. <laughs> the Hardcore Chair Swinging Freaks, Axel Rotten and Balls Mahoney. Was that their actual name? Yes. yes. Dude, Balls Mahoney looks like R.I.P. My man, but he looks so freaking t- like weird. Short haired balls Mahoney. He was weird, still right? he was still like he still had like the Boo Radley look to him from uh Santa Claus. Well maybe. yeah, no, it was more from um SMW. Yeah, Smoky Mountain, thank you, Jesus. And then what was he his name grow- in SMW? Boo Bradley. It was a take on the Boo the Boo Radley character. Yeah, from To Kill a Mockingbird. Yes. yes. Oof. And he was like, uh, he was wor- he was like Candido's lackey, but he was in love with Tammy. Hmm. He was on top, dude. He he, yep. uh, he was he fucking was wrestling fucking Gordy. Uh, he was doing uh, a ton of shit with Gordy. So Big Dick keeps getting involved in this match, and then Bro, I, you know what? I, I hate to cut you off, Tony. What's the fucking. There? Man, I am gonna sound so fucking old. That fucking Dudley Boy intro with the fucking all the bullshit fucking talking. I that's fuck, what they did, dude. I hated this watching this back. I loved it, dude. This was tame compared to what it would turn into just a year from now. That's Holy true. Christ. And when Bubba would go freaking nuts. And dude, even Gertner was tuned was tuned down with the put your lipstick on my dipstick Gertner. And like, that was it. Usually he's yeah. got like six verses. That's like a Pixar movie for Gertner. And dude, Devon Dudley, the rip chiseled and jacked. This was way before he started doing that shit. This was like, this was like Dudley boys two like 0.9. Like they were on the cusp of everything getting there, yeah. but they weren't there yet. 
and it was it's so weird to see like the Dudley boys with like other Dudleys again. Like watching <laughs> this back, like like seeing like Devon and and Bubba, like all right, but then you always forget, like you know that there were more of them. Oh yeah, but that was all before but, this. This was yeah. um that was when uh, well, Devon... yeah, Dan... but like even like Big Dick Dudley, R.I.P. Right? Yeah. But uh, but even like seeing him with them, like it's oh, it's it's kind of refreshing to see that this this group was more than just Bubba and Devon. Obviously, Bubba and Devon excelled the most, but it was just like it's always weird, like sign guy and it was like, anybody who needed shit to do, they stuck yeah. him in the Dudley costume, and then fucking uh, what you call when Devon was like the rogue Dudley, he was teaming up with Axel Rotten all the time against against like different iterations of the Dudleys. That's yeah. the uh, that's the mass transit incident. Axel yeah. couldn't make it, so it was Devon and Mass Transit. Yep. Wait, I thought New Jack killed Matt's Mass Transit. It was new. It was the gangster. It was supposed to be the gangsters against, against Devon and Axel. Devon and Axel, and Axel missed the show, so Mass Transit teamed up with Devon Dudley. Oh, uh, that's right. And Jack was like, "Leave him to me." So Devon was kind of fucking just paired off with yeah. Mustafa. <laughs> yeah. Go, do, your, do, your, do your thing, Jack. Dude, imagine that. Like, like, yo, Mustafa, take care of me. Keep Jack away from me. <laughs> Dude, uh, the Dudleys also have the titles here, but they're not the champions because they stole the belts from the gangsters. Of course they did, because they're fucking dirty heels. That's yeah, why. but Mustafa's hurt at this point, right? And so is Yeah, Mustafa. Saturn Saturn is still like hibbity hobbity with the fucking bad knee. And uh yeah, not too much, not too much farther after this. Saturn winds up leaving for yeah, we WCW get, and we get the Gangstonators. The, the Gangstonators. We're jumping ahead. Fucking terrible name. I didn't mind New Jack and, and uh, Cronus together, but what a fucking terrible Dude, name. You forget, like, uh, again, RIP Cronus, RIP New Jack. Cronus was a freaking ridiculous athlete, man. Yeah. Like, he was nuts with the shit that he did. Like, I everyone, once... like, laments over Saturn, but like, Cronus, Jesus, Lou. Before he got big and pudgy, he was awesome. I once saw him at the Kmart in South Philly, not too far from the arena with his girlfriend. And I only knew, I only realized it was him at first because he had the ECW hardcore, like varsity jacket on. I said, wait a minute, ECW dude. And we turned on like, holy shit, Cronus. That's awesome. I didn't go up to him or anything. I just admired him from afar. I don't want to be creepy guy. That Cronus was like that. The Eliminators were incredible. Cronus was cool. Cronus killed himself. No, no, I think he just died. Huh? I think he just died. Did he? I don't think he killed himself. Huh? Well, let's look that up now. (laughs) It's got to be either like a druggy thing or a heart issue. Maybe. Pretty sure. A druggy. A druggy yo. But I again, I'm not. I'm not trying to slander or anything. I just don't know. But I, I'm pretty sure he, what? Uh, he died in his sleep. His death was subsequently attributed to heart failure resulting from an enlarged heart. Yeah. Yeah. Heart. Yeah. So we'll get to, we'll get to him later in that crazy fucking ridiculous match. Yeah. So the Dudley boys. So the Dudley boys had big dick run interference. So the chair swinging freaks went to get backup. Now listen, I love Shaw. There was no way Shaw was helping him fucking win this match, dude. It was still a nice touch. It was no, it was a nice touch. And to have Bubba Ray Dudley getting the fucking the balls and the axle and the Shaw punches in the corner, 
that made me fucking laugh. That that brought back a lot of fucking cool memories of ECW. With the balls, Axel, Shaw, balls. Dude, all right. Is it just me or was Axel Rotten getting the fucking loudest chance in this show? Every Dude, Axel, Axel. It was loud as shit for Axel Rotten, dude. I'm not even joking. I think he got the loudest chance on the show. I don't remember, but I'll definitely take your word for it. It was insane. Like It was like three or four times for sure that the crowd was going nuts just for Axel. Dude, that Axel and Balls pairing ended up being like way more than it ever had any right to be. And the crazy part was they were like uh, they were like the killer bees. They were a great team, but they just never got the gold. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's just listen, so they, weird. How many chances did they get in WWE? Like two or three. Yeah, I so, want to say they were tag team champions. No, they weren't. Balls Mahoney was tag team champions with somebody, but not Axel. Balls, Balls Mahoney. Spike? Yes, yeah, balls, balls and Spike. Spike were the tag champs. But Balls and Axel never won them. I don't even think Bad Breed won them, did they? I don't think I don't think Axel and Ian had the tag belts either. No, no, not no shot. No, but then they ended up killing each other. I mean, RIP Axel, but you know what I mean. <laughs> but you know what I mean in wrestling terms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they were doing the it was, uh Balls won him twice. <clears throat> uh, it the same person or no? No. Oh, Tony, want to play a game? Oh, God. So Balls definitely won him with uh, Spike. Yes, that was his second reign. So the first one's got to be early. Tajiri. No, no reaction. Sure. I was going to guess Tajiri, actually. You're close. Was another crazy. Asian guy? Kev, what other Asian guy was there other than Tajiri? An EC dub? It wasn't one of the fucking like dick to go guys, was it? Kai and Sky. <laughs> uh, oh, Masato see. Tanaka. Yes. Fuck right, yeah, I forgot All about right. that. Yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. I didn't want to try to guess. It's fine. You had like right. six you guesses. Snooze, you snooze, you lose, son. There's they, turns, uh, Tony. There's turns. They beat. Uh, they beat the Dudley Boys at November to remember '98. Of course they did. Uh, well, so I was look. So Hack Myers. It took me a while to remember who he was. By the way, was Hack Myers leaves. He leaves November. He loses a loser leaves town match at November to remember nineteen ninety six to Cold Scorpio. Yeah, that's right. Well, that was when two. That was when two Cold was running through the roster before he lost to Tez. And then he is there for this show, and then he pops up again in ninety eight. At a house show in Fort Lauderdale, ironically enough, against the Dudley Boys, Big Dick, Bubba Ray, Devon, he's teaming with Balls and Masato Tanaka. Well, there you go. Full circle. Something must have happened with Axel Rotten at that point in time. Yeah, maybe he was hurt. Maybe he just got let go. Or, you know, it's ECW, so who knows what the contracts were like. So maybe he just didn't have a date. Peace, Axel. Hack Myers is dead too. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Big Dick Dudley's dead. Yeah. Uh, excuse me. Good Big one. Dead Dudley. It's awful. I know. <laughs> but had a few. So we're no, going it, there. No, it was well played. It was just yeah. awful. <laughs> I would have knocked on wood because karma, I don't like karma. So I'm knocking on wood. Baby right brown, now. baby. 
So it was nice to see Hack come <laughs> back. <baby's> dead too. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking animal. <laughs> what? Baby, brown, baby. Uh, so it was nice to see Hack come, come back, but the Dudley boys prevail uh, with a big win here. And we get one of the infamous ECW all-out locker room clearing brawls, too. That wasn't... Was that this match? Yeah, no, I thought that was the next match. That was no, the Tommy was Dreamer... Uh, no, I thought uh, it was this match. No, Tommy Dreamer Sabu, I think. Oh, maybe it was. Right? Maybe. Yes, it was. No, because Joel Gertner got fucking beat up. Didn't they fucking do all the moves to him? No, there's like a huge battle, like battle royal type thing. And then Dudley's come back into the scenario and then they end up getting destroyed by Cronus. But why did Joel Gertner get beat up? Did Joel Gertner come out for that? That No, maybe Joel Gertner got beat up in this match. I don't necessarily remember that, but I thought that... He was screaming, going, no, no! The big roster brawl with all the freaking no-names was... That I'll take your word for it. I don't remember. I thought it was after the tag no, match. It was after. It was after RVD. Yeah, it was. It was. It was after. It was after Van Dam and Dreamer. You're right. You guys are right. Because they beat RVD beats Dreamer, and then Fonzie starts fucking with Beulah, and Sabu comes out. Well, Sabu came out during the match. No. Yeah. yeah. That was weird. Yeah, why would Sabu come out and interfere when he's got a world title match coming Yeah, out? it's a main event match, and he's out there doing other stuff. And RVD yep. did the same thing. Yep. But, I mean, RVD may have already had the match, but he actually did have the match because... Yep. No, it made no, it made no sense for Sabu to come you out. Don't, like, like you don't put your main event guys out there before the main event. Mm-hmm. Well, they had... Here's the thing. They had to... They had to do that because then they had to take the ring apart and put the barbed wire on. I don't understand how that necessarily. Right. So for the live, for the live crowd, there's this big fucking brawl and you're seeing everybody and everybody's fucking amped up. And then like, there's going to be like a half an hour without any action. So like you get to see everybody. No, I understand the brawl, but I don't understand why Sabu had to be out there before. Yeah. Yeah. But to Kevin's point, like, like, I mean, no, I get him, it too, but you know? he's like that's they're like anti ECW. I was wondering if Jerry Lawler was if this was the point where Jerry Lawler was involved, but I don't think it, it wasn't. Right? I guess was Raven was Raven still around at this point? Yes, because Raven was, leaves. I watched Raven left in July. Oh, oh so Raven's I, gone. So yeah, the Lawler thing that happened there. Well, yeah, but. When did when did Dreamer take on Lawler? What pay per view was that? That was that was before this. Okay, let me just let me just see if I. Can I know we're throwing there. a lot at you. No, you're good. WrestlePalooza '97. What's the date on that? It is July June seventh, nineteen ninety seven. Okay. Before this, yeah. Dreamer Wait, Dreamer beats Raven. Loser leaves town. Match. Boom! Here comes Boom. Jerry Lawler. Here comes Jerry Lawler. And then they had that they what is Did this? They, June, this is all I would have been Heat Wave 98. Maybe. Well, we're 97, right? Uh 97, excuse me. Heat Wave 97. Let's see. Ba, 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 ba. Hardcore Heaven. Was it Hardcore Heaven? Hardcore Heaven was literally the next week after the show. Yes. 
So it had to yeah, be. Yeah, Jerry Lola, Rob Van Dam, and Savu versus Rick Rude, the same man, and Tommy Dreamer at Heat Wave 97. Does that make sense? Yes, because that yeah. was, the, yeah. I just I just thought this was right around the scenario, the, the timeline where Jerry Lawler was. He was. In, involved, but I guess it was. Well, he uh, was, it was a month prior. Yeah. Or a couple, three, couple weeks. Oh, shit. Where are you? Dude. I, yeah, so RVD beats uh, Dreamer, Van Terminator, um, Two times, trash can, corkscrew leg drop, gets the pin. And then uh, the triple debt, triple threat comes out because they're coming after Sabu. Yeah, that was so confusing. Because of the promo that Douglas cut, Douglas wants the title shot. Terry Funk should be getting it. They're kind of setting, they're setting up Hardcore Heaven 97. Yep. Going Wait. back to the night the line was crossed. So did that end up being a triple threat match, Matt? Yes. Yes. Yeah. With Sabu, Terry Funk, and Shane Douglas? Yes. Okay. And that's a play on the first triple threat match, the night the line was right. crossed, where they went 60 minutes. Yeah. And where Shane, Shane Douglas, Douglas smashed Terry Funk's knee into obliterary. What? <laughs> Terry <laughs> Funk. Owen Hart's not the only one that fucked up a knee promo in wrestling history. <laughs> yeah, but you said obligatory? Obliterary. Obliterary. Yep. All right. Shane Douglas word. As Nelly's butthole graces us again. Oh, wait, did Shane Douglas actually say that? Yeah, he or... said that's why I, he goes. Terry oh, okay. smashed your knee into a Okay, I should have known better. I thought that you were actually. I thought that was actually a fuck up by you. No, not me. Okay. Shane's. Nice. The franchise. I respect you more. Booker man. Booker man. Uh, so there, there's. So we have that now. Dreamers getting now a, a ton of people come in. They're trying to break this up. Here we go. Balls rotten. Here comes the Dudleys. Here comes the Gangstanators. Here comes the money. Yeah, Shane McMahon came in, <laughs> and it was all be- all hell broke loose. Pablo Marquez. Yeah, Bob uh, something, about, so, something about Tommy Dream, the Tommy Dreamer R- R- RVD feud that I just did not enjoy. Nope, I don't remember much about it other than their interactions on like Raw. The only good thing that came out of it was Beulah and Fonzie killing each other. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that was in September. And you know what? The Lawler's still around because the next week at Hardcore Heaven 97, it's Dreamer Lawler. Okay. Yeah. All right. So there we go. Jerry Lawler. Yeah. So Tommy Dreamer is a weird cat. Cat. Like, hey, cat, what's up? Like, Like, I can. I love him, but I don't at the same time, if that makes sense. Just a weird rest, like the weirdest professional wrestler I've ever seen in my life. That's that's funny you use the word weird. That's a great way to describe him. Like, I don't I don't know what he I, I never know what he is. <laughs> He's Tommy Dreamer. Yeah, no, I get that. And I have all the respect in the world for him, but it's just like what are you? Like who are you? Like what's your what's your character? Like the only time he ever had a character other than the innovator of violence in, in ECW was when like he was like eating the Undertaker's chewing tobacco. No, he was he was um he was a model when he first started as Tommy Dreamer, right? He used to come out with the suspenders yeah, on. From Dreamland. That yeah. was it from Dreamland. All right, that's fine. That's, that's something. Yeah, the fucking fans hated him. Yeah. Which then he had the, the Sandman uh you know, Singapore cane thing and he was also the racist. 
God bless him. He made a freaking amazing career out of himself. But I just never understood, like, like coming to the Royal Rumble with a trash can and a Singapore cane. Like, what? Like, who are you? Like, what do you do? Like, I don't Tommy understand. Dreamer. Eh? Listen, no disrespect. I'm a big fan, but just never, never grasped right with me. Now, Matt, I got to. All right. So this brawl anyway, before we get to that, uh, Perry Saturn comes out with his leg brace on. Cronus comes out. New Jack comes out, We, which blows my mind because New Jack was there even with the Dudleys fighting. You would have thought New Jack would have tried to take his belts back because he's a fucking badass gangster. But alas. Politics, buddy. And then this is where Joel Gertner gets beat up by everybody. Doesn't he catch like the, the 450 and he catches a whole bunch of other shit? That's not thought, Gertner, is it? Yeah, I thought Gertner got hit with the 450. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they beat up Joel. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I was at the house show where Perry Saturn blew his knee out. <laughs> Were you? Yes. That that didn't take place at the arena. That was somewhere nope. else. Took place at the Trenton CYO. Trenton CYO. Okay, there you go. Did you mm. did you ever go to any of the shows in Elizabeth at the high school? Yes. Did you go uh, to the one where the the uh, the um the FBI were the tag champs? Uh oh uh oh. He's probably got the poster. No, I think my father my father has the poster, and I should probably get it from him. That's the one where my father pissed on the Winnebago trailer. Yeah, Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer is a urinal. <laughs> That's sure. his gimmick. The uh, urinal, Tommy Dreamer. Oh man, no, I love we... I love Dreamer. I got Matt, nothing but just... love for Dreamer. After you talk shit about him, um, no, I just never understand. I never his longevity is respectful and totally admirable, but like. Like what? Like what? What? Like, I mean, can you understand what I'm saying? Like, what was he? Like, he was a guy that fought. Yeah. All Sometimes right. it's all you need. All right. Sometimes, Sometimes it's all, you, all need. you need. Um. So, Matt, this is what we're here for. Oh, this is what it was. Something else. Come on. You know what? When it first started, I was digging it because there was a lot of psychology going on. Whipping him into the ropes. Didn't want to take it. Finally. Who was the first one to get hit? It was uh, Funk, no? Yes. Funk was the first one in, and Sabu. Dude, there was one point where Sabu got whipped into the ropes. I think it was the second time. His bicep actually got caught in the barbs, but that was not the injury. The injury came much later. Yes. Yes? No? I, I, Tony, I, this was a tough match for me to watch. I watched it. I don't, I, I'm not going to, like, there was so much crazy nonsense going on in this that I can't pinpoint what happened when, but this was, like, again, I'm probably getting older. This was tough. This was a tough watch. Yeah. I mean, from when Sabu got atomic dropped over the, uh, the top oh, wire rope and his tights got all cut up and, um, dude, at one point Sabu's all tied up and Fonzie's trying to buy him time. Yeah. And Funk just rips his shirt off and starts raking his back. Yeah, and I think that's why I think they're trying. I I am under the impression that Sabu was not supposed to win this match. Yeah, me too. That was such a weird right. finish. So I think that Dreamer and Rob Van Dam coming down was them trying to buy them time 
Yeah. To, to oh, I never thought the about that. Mess that they were in. For sure. For sure. What like completely engulfed in barbed wire, and there's nothing they could really do to right. work a match. Well, so here's the thing. Like, all right, as we come down the stretch, Funk is on a table outside, but he is there barbed wire on that table to begin with, or no? No. Just, no. Okay. So then what really fucks everything up is that Sabu goes under the ring, grabs just like a fucking massive barbed wire, and just throws it around himself yeah. and fucking gives him the leg drop through the table. Dude. That's where shit went south really fast. Dude, so fucking dangerous. I don't care like how many years you've been a professional wrestler. You can't control what the non-gimmick barbed wire is going to do to somebody else's fucking face. And I think Funk had clipped a few pieces off before that and started wrapping them around his fist. Yep. Oh, wait, he actually clipped? Yeah, at some points, both of them were clipping pieces off the, the, the ropes. Or Oh, so they... Oh, oh, okay, I understand what you're saying. I thought you meant they were clipping the... the like, they were gimmicking the barbed wire. No, 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 no. Yeah. They were actually clipping sections of it okay, off the ropes you. so they could use them, like, to wrap around themselves. Dude. What was the point where Sabu got tore open? I don't remember the exact spot how it happened. It wasn't when he hit the rope. Something else had happened. Not the rats. Where was he bleeding from, Tony? His it bicep. Was the, the left bicep. Because at one point he's down and you, you see Fonzie coming over and then Fonzie just runs past the camera. That's when he went back to get the tape. And even at that point, Funk hit him with like a neck breaker, and as Sabu's going down, he's fucking wrapping his arm up like furiously, just trying to get it to stop. Yeah, I don't. And then you see it a couple seconds later; his entire arm is taped up, like he went completely down. Yeah, I don't remember that. It's probably because this was hard to watch, so I probably checked out a couple times. But yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember what, what the spot was. I don't remember the spot, but I do remember him coming up, grabbing his arm. I'm like, that had it because it wasn't the first couple times he went into the room. No, it was some like, just like some weird, like. Maybe like getting dropped on the barbed wire. I think he did get dropped. I think Kevin's onto something here. I'm going to see if I can pull it up real quick while we're talking about it. I think it was like, it wasn't like an atomic. Oh, was it? It wasn't an atomic drop because that's where he tore his. That was where he tore his pants. That was pants, when he yeah. dropped on the top rope. It is. But I think. Uh, I think it's in the same family as uh, as that in terms of his arm just got. Dude, and that oh God, so tough. To, again, I probably would have loved it in 1997 when I was like 14 years old. I probably did love it, but like now I'm like, and so like the Dudley Boys match with with Hack and and Axel and Balls. Like to me, that was like all right. That was okay. That was like, I could I could tolerate that headshots, notwithstanding, because Bubba always Bubba protected himself. He took a chair shot, but he would also like lean forward into it so it hit the back of his uh, collarbone or his like upper shoulders. But this was just like, okay. So here's the spot. Sabu's got Terry Funk in the corner, sets up a chair, and when he runs at him in the corner, he goes for like the like the sideways. You know, he throws himself sideways to hit him with the legs. Yeah, yeah. like the uh, twist of not the twist of fate. Like Funk completely moves out of the way, and Sabu just hits the hits the barbed wire and slams down on the canvas, Ugh. and now he's grabbing an arm. That's what happened, and he was like, "Dude, you can see his fucking eyes are coming out of his head." He's like, "I fucked it up. I fucked it up." 
And Fonzie's coming over. He's like, what's going on? And then Fonzie eventually runs off. Dude, Fonzie was invaluable in this match. Yeah, but like, dude, he they fucking <laughs> fucking Terry Funk cut him up bad, dude. I'm yes. sitting there. I'm like, why is he doing this to him? This is fucked up. But the fact that Fonzie was still like having another body out there in this type of match, even though if you're gonna get fucked up too, like yeah. the fact that you're still there and if you're safe, you can always your second pair of eyes, your second pair of ears. You could like at the end of the match, he comes in and starts cutting both of them out of the freaking barbed wire. Yeah, like it's this is bananas, man. Banana. It's definitely something you have to see. So yeah, so I agree with you that I don't, and I couldn't find anything anywhere. Like I was trying to find some sort of like, you know, Meltzer report or something that would have said like that Funk was supposed to win this. Uh, I didn't find anything, but I tend to agree. It made no sense to put the belt on Sabu just to have him lose it six days later. Right. The, uh, yeah. Cause that's the, cause if you remember hardcore heaven 97, um, the Sandman gets involved cause they're, cause I think the original plan was funk had beaten Raven at barely legal and he was the champion and Shane Douglas wanted his belt. It's my belt. It's my belt. It's my belt. Um, and they were going to recreate the night the line was crossed. Um, and this springboards into Sabu Sandman, the feud that born Stairway to Hell, all the Stairway mm-hmm. to Hell matches. And he gets involved in this. I think it would, the idea was Funk was going to pass the torch to Douglas, but you know, there was this little snafu. Dude, I, I totally forgot like that Sabu was ever an ECW champion. For six days, yeah, like this is like that was news to me. The, the fact that it was even for like the championship, even though I know Shane Douglas's promo, but like when you're watching that match, you're just like, after like 20 years, and you just see like Sabu win. Oh yeah, it's also for the championship. Yeah, and the worst part was they were really fucked up. Apparently, from from the stories, I think it was from even uh, what was it Mick Foley's book? Like Funk couldn't breathe. Like Funk was like really tied up badly in this shit. Which is why after he kicked out the first time, he just fucking gave it up and just got pinned the second time. They had to get the fuck out of there. It's crazy. Uh, dude, yeah. it's not it's not it's a different time, man. Now, like today, like maybe ECW wouldn't necessarily do it. Maybe GC GCW certainly doesn't do it. Well, the here's here's the worst part. Why would you book a match like this knowing how bad it could potentially turn out? When you have a major pay-per-view coming up six days later that you're banking on the fact that you're going to have a major title change there. Like, why would you do this? I just don't think anyone knew any better at the time. Like, if you really wanted to, Shane Douglas wins the belt, and then Sabu and Funk still have beef, and you do it after this. You know? Yeah, I mean, you're, you're making a whole lot of sense, but at the time, it was... Crash TV, live in the moment. Let's do what we can now, and then we'll figure out next week. Next week, it was the last no rope barbed wire match in ECW history, and I think it was only the second. It was the first one, Raven Sandman. Yeah, they did. I don't know. I honestly don't remember that. Uh I don't remember uh, that. No rope barbed wire match. No, this is not it. I'm going to find it, though. Or was it just a barbed wire match? Oh, maybe it was just a barbed wire match. 
Yeah, I don't think it was a no rope like gimmick like this. Yeah. Let me see. Raven, Sandman, Barb. Because I, re- I seem to remember just Joey Styles going, it's a barbed wire matchup. Yep, CyberSlam 96, maybe? Yeah, maybe uh, that's not I'm going to find it right here. Fit Grimes, Born to be Wire. Well, Crucifixion. Was it the Crucifixion? June 20th. Was- oh, barbed wire match. Sandman versus Cactus Jack. Okay. It's, uh, I found some ECW rivalries. Yeah, is that when? Is that when Kurt Angle was there? And he's like, oh no, shit! There are no ropes on this one either. But this one, the barbed wire is set up like actual ropes. They're not all tied together like they were in this match. But yeah, dude, this is a fucking legit barbed wire match between uh, Sandman and Terry and uh, Cactus Jack. That's not the one where Kurt Angle was there and they crucified somebody and he got all no, pissed no, off. No, no, no. That was the Sandman. This was 95. They didn't do the, the crucifixion thing until much later. Gotcha. Yo, this is rough, dude. And Fonzie's involved in this one, too. Sandman's got no shirt on. What the fuck are we doing? Dude, Fonzie refed. The referee's got no fucking shirt on either. Dude, when, when I watched the Luger documentary, Fonzie was like the ref in like 19... like. 80, like 1983, like Lex Luger, Ric Flair matches. Like, and Fonzie was in the, the documentary. Fonzie was the referee in the famous Lex Luger, Bruiser Brody cage match where Brody stopped selling and Luger fucking got disqualified and just left the cage. Dude, Fonzie, Fonzie been in the game for a minute. Fonzie been around forever. Yeah. This, is a, this is a Joey Styles quote. Uh, Terry Funk and Sabu wrestled in real barbed wire. If you look at the end of the match, there really isn't a pinfall. Terry Funk's shoulders aren't really on the map because the two had become so intertwined in the barbed wire that they were just entangled in this giant ball that was piercing both of them. Yep. Terry Funk was very lucky because there was one piece of barbed wire that was sticking out that was very close to his eyeball. We had to cut them free from one another with wire cuts to get them both to the emergency room. Yep. Yeah. That makes a whole lot of sense because the way it looked on on TV and watching it, it, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, if you want to see a wild fucking match, just look up this barbed wire match with Terry Funk and Sabu. It is, it is something you will never see again. Yeah, probably not. They Uh-oh. gave this fucking thing twenty minutes. Uh, well, I mean, there's a lot of <laughs> a lot going on there. I don't know if it was intentional. Whatever. It, it is what it is. It's part I of I love this show, man. From top to bottom, I love this show. All right, grades, Matt. I'll give it a B. That's actually a pretty give good it a grade. B. Now that now that it's sit down, talk to Kevin about it, talk to you about it, go through the show again. I've had a couple days to digest it. I say it's a good it was a good show. It was a great great show leading up to Hardcore Heaven. Hardcore Heaven 97. If you are an ECW fan, you will remember it was the drizzling, drizzling shits. The uh, Dudley boys were awarded the tag titles because Mustafa quit the company and then they defended them against PG-13. <laughs> but no fucking right to be there. Uh, I think Spike and Bam Bam had a match, which was decent. The three-way wasn't bad for the title. Uh, I think Taz Candido wrestled. But yeah, Dreamer I, Law- I don't think Dreamer Lawler was very good. The lighting was bad. Production was shit. It was not. The crowd wasn't into it. It was not a good show. Yeah, I don't remember where we are in the times though. ECW is that that little engine. 
I mean, this is their second pay-per-view. This is right yeah. after Barely Legal, so and Barely Legal was so good. Kev, your score. Um, I I I loved it, but like the the main event is 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 too tough for me to watch. So with with that as as great as it was, and as much respect as I have for those guys, I'm going B plus total. Okay, you know what? I just because of the main event, kind of like I was like, oh my god, like it was too much. I, as a 39 year old man, it was too much for me to like take in. I really wasn't enjoying this until I listened to you and how much you enjoyed it. And as we were talking about it again, I'm in the same boat with Matt. I'm not going B though. I'll go a little lower. I'll go B minus on this one. So I guess average from the Wizards, it's a B. It's not a bad score at all. Yeah, it could be an A. It could easily be an A if if you truly enjoyed what what Funk and Sabu did. And I I, I could go A minus B plus if I had to, but uh, but B plus is what I'm what is is what I'm sticking with. Gotcha. Yeah. And that's your Wizards Rewind. That was uh, a lot of fun. I enjoyed that. Good talk. Yes. yes. That's what we do. And this has been an excellent episode of the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast. If you're out there, if you're listening to this, please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Check out our Patreon. Uh, be sure to follow us on social media at Wizards Podcast. Tell your friends uh, you enjoyed the show. Special thanks to Kyle Hessler from Palais Pro Wrestling. September 3rd, be sure to check out their show. You'll hear us talking about it for the next couple weeks. Izzy James next week was in a bull rope match against Khan. And then the Palais Pro champion, Chandler uh, Hopkins, joins us the week after. Uh, no Tony next week as he's on vacation. Kevin Rogue will be sitting in on third mic, so that should be super interesting. Uh, and then Tony will be back for Chandler Hopkins. And then the big 600th episode, the Roast of Tony, which is going to be an absolute shit show. Fucking hate you. So until then... <laughs> Uh, be sure to uh, be kind to one another and enjoy your wrestling. And uh, we'll be back next Monday night with another exciting edition of the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast. Ten Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. <laughs> Goodbye, Gracie. See you in two. Uh, you will. Uh,